Hi, do you want to go to a party with me? No, game's on. Oh, I almost forgot. I'll be right there. We like sports and we don't care who knows. From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports and we don't care who knows. Football, football, football. Welcome to the Next Level Nerd Sportscast. This is Frank Conti, and joining me as always is Bronson Allman, and we're back with another action-packed episode uh, covering four pretty big topics going on in the sports world right now in late March. We are recording Tuesday, March 22nd, 2022, and Bronson, a lot of, a lot of things going on. NFL offseason, we have free agent signings and trades. The NHL has about a month left and had their trade deadline yesterday. Monday the 21st. Um, March Madness is in full swing as we get the first weekend of games in, and we sit at the Sweet 16, so it's really going to start getting good. And uh, Major League Baseball just kicked off spring training after their 99-day lockout, and players have been able to sign and be traded in baseball now, so we have a lot of those to cover. So, Bronson, before we waste any more time, I'll bring you in here and <laughs> introduce you and get we'll get cracking on these uh these four yeah. topics <laughs> if you did not want to waste time the worst thing was to do was to <laughs> bring it over to me no no, no it's not i not and i'll make it short frank honestly like you said just kind of delving into all what what's happening as you just mentioned all through all through those things too uh and um yeah and i, and I mentioned before we recorded I, th- I think you know we like to give a little hometown shout outs and um i watched american idol last night because uh here locally a uh, little little town outside elwood called farm uh, American Idol got uh, a contestant, uh, Morgan Gruber. She's from Fonbell, 17 years old, I think. I have friends who know her, and and um, they were posting stuff on Facebook. Like, she's going to be on Idol. She's going to be on Idol. Check it out. And Does she go to Riverside? I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. I saw her on the news. That's awesome. Somebody to root for, yeah. Yeah. So, like, I was like, I had I had, uh, I had that DVR, and I, I actually watched Raw Live. Because I know it's close to WrestleMania, so but I did have a DVR and then I went back and, and watched it and uh, yeah, she killed it. And it's, I'm not saying that because she's a hometown, you know. I I've always kind of like and I, I hate to kind of say I do this, but I'm real. I'm more stern with hometown talent because I always kind of put that like, are you like local good? Are you bar good? Or are you like you could sell albums? You can do right. And I, I'm just judging off one song she covered. I'm sure she probably has like a YouTube page with a bunch of songs or whatever. And I'm going to go, she's going to be performing here locally and I'm going to check her out. But, um, yeah, I mean, from what I heard, like this knockout voice and, uh, and, uh, now I will be delved into American Idol. You know, I know this is a sports show, but maybe we'll keep you updated on how she goes. Mm -hmm. Uh, she went to Hollywood. She's coming to Hollywood. So, and and that, and that premieres next week on Monday. So, but I will not be watching that live either is, uh, I will be in, uh, and I'll go into that in, in, in my final thoughts segment, but uh, nice I'm tease. not going <laughs> to save it. We'll save it for the end. Uh, but no, Frank, you're right. Let's not say, waste any time tonight. You know, a lot of craziness hitting upon us, so we got to get into this early, Frank. So let's start, you know, with what we always start with, the National Football League. The QB carousel runs around, and I feel like, you know, one of those, like, carnival music should be playing, and there should be, like, we should have, like, did the promo with this, you and I riding, like, horses on a on a carousel <laughs> at a carnival or something. You're the Photoshop guy of the NLS. Maybe Sports I can make it happen. <laughs> Remember Bronson's draft day, uh, draft day artwork last year? It's still, it's still, uh, we, we will have to bring it back, you know, this Classic. year, you know, what? Um, but, um, uh. But anywho, no, Frank, uh, the QB carousel did move around. And basically the next shoe we were waiting for to drop um, was Deshaun Watson. Um, he was cleared of all criminal charges. So it kind of gave the green light for some teams to really get into it. And I know last week when you two didn't listen to us, uh, we had a few teams in there, New Orleans, uh, Atlanta, Carolina, and Cleveland. 
Well, it's funny because a couple days before the the trade happened here, this trade, we're about to break it down. uh, Cleveland was kind of told they were out. They were out of the running. Actually, I think it was on Mm -hmm. our show here, Frank, last week. And then we broke in with, I did the breaking news with the Baker Mayfield Instagram post. That was a good way for us to end the show. And we didn't really get a chance. I kind of said it last week, Frank. I said, Baker Mayfield's trying to babyface us because what Cleveland did, you know, they made it so known that they were going for Deshaun Watson is that they wanted, they wanted to make Baker Mayfield the bad guy where he's, you know, you know, the ego stroking the ego and saying, well, get me out of here. Like, where's my dap? Where's my love? Where's my Kwan? You know, to quote Cuba Gooding Jr. Jerry Maguire. But he went the other way. You know, say, hey, whatever happens, my wife and I consider Cleveland home. We love the city. We love doing things in the community. We love this town. And no matter what happens, we love, you know, we'll always cherish our time here. So they did. I don't think they expected Baker to go that direction. And a lot of people felt he shouldn't have posted that. But I think it was smart because what Cleveland wanted was for Baker to be the bad guy. And he wasn't. He made Cleveland the bad guy. And, and I hate to go into the tangent here, Frank, and I promise I'll make this short. But I love when I watch Colin Coward. You know, he always associates something in life and, and it brings it to sports. And it's like, you know, Frank, you and I, you know, we've 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 lived the lived the hard life, baby. We know we've been in relationships, you know, and it doesn't matter. You Nobody wants to be the villain in their own story. Even when you broke up with your girlfriend, like you always told your boys that it was always her fault. You know, I was All great. Right. But it was her fault. And I'm sure she told the same thing. You know, you pass girlfriends, you know, we've all you know, like I said, we've all we've all lived the life. But that's the truth, though, Frank. Nobody wants to be the villain in their own story. And so when Cleveland did this, they wanted Baker Mayfield to be the villain, except he wasn't playing the role of the villain. He basically played the role, you know, theoretically the martyr. Um, but and but but then, you know, Cleveland was kind of tied up now because because uh, Deshaun Watson had said no to Cleveland at that time. And now they have a disgruntled quarterback who you basically were seeing. But, you know, you were talking to other people behind their back. And I think I might have mentioned this last show, Frank, but I go back to when Josh McDaniels was hired as the coach of the Broncos when they had Jay Cutler. And remember, mm-hmm. he was flirting with Matt Castle. Uh, remember that when they were getting rid of Castle, New England was, and they, they were flirt- he was flirting with Castle. He made it known he was looking at Castle. Mm-hmm. And Jay Cutler, you know, was like, whoa, wait a minute, you know? And then that's when Jay Cutler threw that big stink and he wanted to get traded. And, and, the, and, and the organization got what it wanted, or at least Josh McDaniels did, is that Jay Cutler became the bad guy because he wanted out. Not that, you know, they were seeing other quarterbacks behind his back, specifically, you know, Matt Castle. And we all know how that ended. Castle took that great contract with Kansas City. And then they were forced to trade Kyle or um, Cutler to Chicago for Kyle Orton. And then, you know, Tebow made it happen, et cetera, et cetera. But that's what Cleveland wanted here, Frank. Cleveland wanted Baker to be the bad guy, but he, he ultimately ended up babyfacing himself and making Cleveland the villain. And then they were kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place because Deshaun Watson had said no, which makes me to believe that this Watson, which, which, you know, not lead to guys, Deshaun Watson was traded to the Cleveland Browns. He agreed to go to Cleveland. I wonder if Cleveland really um, sweetened the deal after the denial. Maybe they went back to the table with something more like, we got to come away with something here. Cause they know they couldn't go back with Baker. Like you were past the point of no return there, Frank. And, and I, and I think, you know, I think they, they, they might've went to, um, to Sean's camp and had a little something sweeter, sweeter deal. And with Houston as well. So, um, I probably during my whole diatribe, I should have had the actual return of the Deshaun Watson trade because it was a package. Well, you um, look that up. I'll jump in and just say yeah, it was. It's just it was a... So ultimately, before I look at what they got back in return, Frank, Deshaun Watson does pick the Browns after all. They make the trade work. A bunch of picks going back to Houston. Although Houston did not want Baker Mayfield back in the trade. Right. They, they really are. Or they have their faith, their faith in Davis Mills. 
But yeah, Frank, that was kind of like we really didn't get a chance to cover that last episode because mm-hmm. uh, the Baker post kind of happened right before we went off the air, and and a lot of stuff happened during the week. But yeah, I mean, the Browns wanted Baker to be the villain in this whole scenario, and all it ended up doing was making Cleveland look like a bunch of dopes. Which you know, if if you know the history of the franchise, that's nothing new these days. So um, they get Deshaun Watson, Frank, and it's a big risk too, Frank, because even though there's no criminal charges, the court of public opinion. Uh, I think Cleveland, you know, Cleveland looks like a bunch of, uh, and their fans look like a bunch of uh, hypocrites because, you know, the years that they've tormented Ben and, you know, right. that the the infamous Big Ben for prison uh, sign at the at the draft last year yeah. behind Warner. So now and it's like, you know, <laughs> you have a quarterback now that has 22 accusations of of such crimes and uh, and uh, and just think it's hilarious. You know, now they've now the, the shoes on the other foot now. So I'll let you comment on it while I look for the actual uh, details of the Deshaun Watson trade. Yeah, what I thought was funny about it, Bronson, was the fact that <clears> it, it comes out and we heard that Deshaun Watson does not want to go to Cleveland. And maybe that was a bad rumor. Um, you know, some some insider wanted to get that uh, story out first because it, it he does end up choosing Cleveland. You know, he had the the no trade clause or whatever to pick where he wanted to go. And, you know, he was courted by the AFC South, New Orleans, Carolina, and Atlanta. Um all three of the non-Tom Brady teams were were looking to get him to be able to compete with with Tampa, and uh, a big push late by Atlanta. Um, you you mentioned that um, last week that they were the sleeper team, and uh, I I found out I don't know if it was from you or later on that he was a ball boy for the Falcons or like when he was a kid and and knows the uh, the Blank family real well. Played at Clemson, which is kind of in that southeast area, closer to the Carolina Panthers, but still Atlanta. Not a lot of Clemson fans in Atlanta, I'm sure. So I thought that one was starting to sound like the the best possible um, scenario for him. But no, it broke a few days after that where it was uh, it was going to be the Browns. And yeah, Baker Mayfield not going back in the deal. So technically, <coughs> technically Mayfield on the roster still. Um, where is he going to go? We're going to kind of talk about it. There's not many spots left. We're going to talk about the carousel in a bit here. But uh, yes, it's I kind we both predicted it. We said if if Watson gets cleared, Cleveland sounds like the the spot. So it was the one of the the few that Bronson and I have gotten right. <laughs> but uh, in our in our guesses, but um, it, it kind of scares me because I've I've always been a Watson fan, and um, he's still a dynamic young quarterback. We'll see what the year off does to him if it's rest or rust. But um. Yeah, that puts the Steelers division very tough with Joe Burrow coming off a Super Bowl appearance, Lamar Jackson coming off an MVP uh, recently, and uh, and now Deshaun Watson, the other three uh, quarterbacks to compete with in our division. So look out. But uh, And the Steelers are going to go with Mitch Trubisky. Trubisky. <laughs> well, I don't know if you, you heard uh, uh, talk radio today. You know, the, the B team, as Mark Madden refers to, and the fans said that uh, the Steelers should, should – uh, should go get Baker now. Saw that going through social media as well. And I would do it, but not after the Trubisky signing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would have done it if we were still looking. Cause I think Baker still has talent and would have a chip on his shoulder. Would love to go against Cleveland twice a year. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't have been against it, but no, I'm, I'm happy with what, with, with the Trubisky signing and, and the money that we're, you know, the money that we got him for. So, yeah. Yeah. The, the horse has already flown in the barn. Yeah. Um, but the trade, Frank, um, the Browns get Deshaun Watson and a 2024 sixth-round pick. And the Texans get three first-round picks. They pay the price of three first-round picks. That's so high. 
22, 23, and 24 Ugh. first rounders. One third round pick in uh, next year's draft, the 23rd, 23 draft, and two fourth round Ugh. picks uh, this year and in 2024. It's almost a Ricky Williams like haul. It's it's more than uh, it's more than even Wilson garnered. I mean, Watson's a lot younger, but wow. Yeah. Um, Cle- Cleveland going all in. Yeah, and then and then uh, the, the the and then of course so then this is five years. So the contract Frank is five years, two hundred and thirty million dollars, every single cent guaranteed. Man, I didn't hear that. Yes, every single cent is guaranteed in that contract. This is either going to be the move that puts Cleveland on the map. Or this is the move that that buries them, like, like forever. <laughs> if they, if they I don't want to say forever, down. but it, it, if this if this Deshaun Watson project does not work out, they should just consider this like a casket match or a buried alive match <laughs> and just retire. Like <laughs> they, they really should. And uh, <clears throat> but no, Frank. Like I said, we the, the Baker Mayfield thing kind of happened. Um, as we went off the air last week, so we didn't really get a chance to delve deep into this and sports talk and all the talking heads on all the, the sports stations had a chance to, to feast on this. So we had to wait a whole week before that, but kind of glad we did, Frank. And um, the NHL trade deadline was yesterday, and I'm not going to get into this segment. I'm sure Frank heart rate spiked about, you know, five beats per minute there when I said <laughs> that. Um, but NHL, the NHL trade deadline, Frank, the NHL didn't even win the trade deadline day, Frank. <laughs> Because Can't this win. led to the Indianapolis Colts um, uh, acquire. Well, it's funny because then the Falcons now they don't have they don't have Deshaun Watson, so I you know thought maybe that maybe Matty Ice was going to stay put there. But then uh, they had they had a big roster bonus they were owed to him if something wasn't done around four p.m. And now, now I think it was a couple days before that, but Matt Ryan like it's like I guess him they they made an agreement to extend it a few more days. Um, but on Monday yesterday, Frank, they had 4 p.m. to, to, to do something with Matty Ice or uh, they were uh, stuck paying on that bonus for the year. Um, but the, the Colts got something done. I was saying it was probably around like two o'clock ish. Um, but um, the Colts, who received two third round picks uh, uh, from the commanders in exchange for Carson Wentz, actually used one of those third round picks, Frank, to give to the Atlanta Falcons nice. for Matty Ice, Matt Ryan. So Matt Ryan is an Indianapolis Colt. Um, Jim Ursay with the big tweet, welcoming him to the team. So this was actually an Ursay seal of approval. Uh, a lot of rumors were that Ursay was not was not completely on board with the um, with the Carson Wentz deal there, um, but he was looks like he's all in on on Matty Ice as uh, he sent a tweet out, welcoming him to the team. And um, yeah, Frank. So the you know you can criticize the Colts. I guess they're going to lose their first round pick, even the even so in the Wentz trade with the Eagles, but. Uh, they get two thirds from Washington and, and a move that they're probably going to end up cutting Wentz anyway. And then they go and use one of the thirds and go get Matt, Matty Ice from the Colts. So I think that's probably the best version of damage control you can probably do. Um, and obviously with Matt Ryan on the back end of his thirties, you don't know how many, what he's got left in the tank, but I think he's still, he was still a serviceable quarterback, Frank. And I think uh, he, he immediately, even though I love, I liked Carson Wentz, I still think he's a, he's an, He's an upgrade over Wentz. Obviously, he's the the moxie, the 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 veteranship. You know, like he's been to a Super Bowl. And obviously, they were still making the twenty eight to three jokes to him, and um, you know, the media was. But um, you know, he's got a great running game there, a good offensive line, you getting better. And uh, they lost Pascal to uh, the Eagles, I think. But uh, they, you know, they still have T. Y. Hilton. They still, uh, have, you know, have um, Michael Pittman Jr. there, Frankie. So, uh, Matty Ice stepping into a situation where basically, you know. 
Tennessee's probably the only team that's going to give them any kind of run for the South. So, uh, you know, Indy did some damage control. You're not not able to get a quarterback, and now they got Matty Ice. Yeah, this was uh, one of the bigger moves, uh, not a <clears throat> signing, but a trade. And, uh, you know, I didn't see it coming. I didn't really hear a lot of rumors about Matt Ryan. Um, you could see it happening, though, in Atlanta. They're trying to kind of starting to move towards a rebuild. I mean, it wasn't lot, that long ago they were in the Super Bowl, that 28-3 to game um, yeah. against New England. But after that, you could kind of see the writing on the wall. And, um, yeah, they were flirting with Deshaun Watson, which made you think that this might happen. Um the fact that they might bring in Watson, you knew that they would be dangling Matt Ryan. And goes to the situation with the Colts, who they in the last couple of years and since the Andrew Luck uh, surprise retirement of trying to find a quarterback. And, you know, is it going to be Jacoby Brissett? And then they do bring in Phillip Rivers. Everybody's excited about that because, you know, a lot of people think the Colts are a quarterback away from getting to a Super Bowl. And I thought with, with uh, Phillip Rivers, he might get there. Um, you know, he was a quarterback in his late 30s as well. So. Matt Ryan, yeah, he is late thirties, but he might have two, three good years left in him. Um, uh, uh, you know, a playoff ready roster. You know, they almost got there last year. That they kind of choked it away against Jacksonville, and but this is a team that should be in the playoffs. And you know, like you said, with Jonathan Taylor and a great running back, good O line, Quentin Nelson. Um, Matt Ryan never really had that. I mean, he had some good running backs there, and. In uh, in Atlanta, but n- none yeah. none none of the like like Jonathan Taylor's <laughs> no. been playing, so that takes all the pressure off Matt Ryan. Can you imagine the play action that's going to be there for Matt Ryan and yeah. just you know teams that have to put eight in the box to, to and stop I think the Pittman, run? I think Pittman will take a step up to the next level too. I think Frank. I think I'm not saying he'll be elite, but I think I think he'll make a big stride to be one of the top NFL receivers. Yeah, they can. You know, they have the, the the draft. They still have some some higher picks to to get a some weapons for Matt Ryan, and um, they're going to be an intriguing team. Uh, that that AFC South is kind of wide open, and um, kind of a fresh start for Matt Ryan. I think it's going to rejuvenate him, and still playing at a high level. I saw a stat uh, yesterday or today. He, you know, most four thousand yard seasons in the last. Uh, <laughs> Since 2015 or something, Matt Ryan leads it. He's ahead of Brady's and ahead of Rodgers. <clears> so um, he puts up the numbers and new new team, new new, new environment. You know, kind of uh, some new scenery for him might might light a fire under him. And I, I you know, the Colts are going to be a, a lot of people's uh, hot pick to win the AFC South for sure. Yeah, yeah. I said, I think like I said, I only think Tennessee's the only team that can really get in their way. Um, but yeah, Matty Ice, he's going to a great situation. I'm sure he wasn't, you know. I'm sure he was equally as excited to go there as the Colts were to have him. <clears throat> so, you know, stay tuned for that. Um, but the Falcons now, you know, you lose Watson and you traded Matty Ice for a third rounder. So how do you, you, you got to get a quarterback in there, right, Frank? You can't wait till the draft and have almost no quarterbacks on the, the roster. The carousel continues to The turn. carousel rolls. <laughs> and they go, they go looking uh, for Marcus Mariota, Frank. Marcus Mariota. And I'm looking here. Just to start again. Yeah. Um, and Marcus Mariota signed what two-year deal there with the Falcons, and as as we stand today, talking tonight, uh, he would be the QB one. We don't mm-hmm. know if they're going to you know maybe make a trade or address the quarterback need in the draft. They're going to have a high draft pick, so you know will they go quarterback? Will they wait? You know, <clears throat> maybe take a step back this year. Maybe go ne- next year when there's supposed to be a much better quarterback class. Who knows? But. Um, but no, Frank Murray had a two years of the Fal- the Falcons. So right now he is QB one, I, I guess you would say. And then I, I was telling my friend Shane from a couple weeks ago, 
I said, if you know, not a couple weeks ago, I actually said right after Deshaun Watson made the decision, as soon as Deshaun Watson made the Cleveland choice, I said, I said, James is going to stay with New Orleans. He's like, you think? I said, yeah. I, I don't think, you know, who, where, where else could they go, essentially? You know, maybe get Jimmy G or someone like that. I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to commit to trying to get Baker or whatever. I think they'll just stay with what they know. They'll stay with, they'll stay with Watson or Watson. They'll stay with Winston and hope he can recover that ECL tear. And, and then I guess maybe in the meantime, you know, maybe they'll draft the guy, maybe they'll, <clears throat> they'll think they can kind of, you know, slide by with Taysom Hill. Um, but, um, but yeah, as soon as that happened, Jameis Winston re-signed. I think, I think it was two more years, Frank, with New Orleans. And he'll stay with with the Saints there. So, And after that, really, I mean, unless you want to make a comment on that on that signing. No, that was kinda. the last couple, and those were the big ones. He had Winston <laughs> back to the Saints. Um, I, I was trying to see if there was any other non-quarterback signing. I was going to mention, too, you mentioned Brissett. Brissett signed with the Browns, too, so. He's going to be the backup. To the oh, show. and they traded Case Keenum. Oh, did they? To Buffalo to, to replace Trubisky's backing up. Yeah, I did not see that. So, yeah, that, like that's a, a huge – that's, that's, that's great for Buffalo, I think, Frank. And Case Keenum is – I don't know how you feel, but I think he's one of the best – better backups in the in the NFL. Yeah. He's always the guy who can kind of step in, and he'll get, he gets you a winner too. I mean, he's just – I know we used to always make jokes in hockey. Um, Dalton LaCassana, we say he looks just like Dalton LaCassana. Uh, but yeah, he, um, yeah, he, uh, I'm looking right now. It looks Reset like that's a Cleveland. Okay. To back up Watson Baker Mayfield without a home and Bronson, I was going to say this Baker Mayfield. It's, it's just all pointing to Seattle. It just has to be, Uh-oh. they're the only team left, especially it looks like Jimmy G will, will play out his contract and, 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 and play this year in San Fran. So yeah, well, yeah, I was just gonna. I actually was just gonna transition to where you think the rest of the guys go. So there you go. You, mm-hmm. you think it's gonna be Baker to Seattle? Yeah, I mean they're the only team that needs a starter, and you know yeah. you have and, to. Believe it or not, like you can you can install the same playbook because I think Drew Locke plays like Baker Mayfield, and they kind of play the same kind of. Yeah, game. that's. I'm forgetting Drew Locke is gonna have something to say about that. Uh, yeah, you know, a first round talent, but um. So, I, I have to think Seattle goes for like they're gonna have a couple picks. There. I gotta think they're gonna try to go with one of these quarterbacks. Maybe yeah, they wait they, till the end. Maybe they, they wait till the end of the first, early second, and maybe take a flyer on Matt Corral. Um, Desmond Ritter, yeah. Or Desmond Ritter, maybe. But I think they got I think I think you have all these picks for like, in the first couple rounds. They're gonna take a flyer play on one of these guys. I would the think the only teams I mean now it's like maybe New Orleans still takes a guy because Winston's short term deal, Washington because Wentz is a short term deal. Yeah. Um, Pittsburgh could take a quarterback steal because Trubisky's on a short-term deal. Um, but it's going to be interesting, and we were talking off-air. We might see a pause on some of the signings now till yeah. after the draft. We might see where wh- what teams have what needs, and then it might take until a training camp injury or something yeah. like that. That's or, what I was kind of saying with Andy Dalton. Maybe he maybe he's the guy who chills who chills a bit here and, and waits things yeah. out. And then ultimately picks where he goes. But Mayfield, you, Mayfield can't be in Cleveland past like the drafts. He has to be yeah. traded. And then I heard so. that, that, that Cleveland wants a first round pick for Baker. Yeah, there's no way. Nobody wants him. He's going to probably get a third or a fourth. Like, yeah, I think seeming like damaged goods. It's the injured left shoulder. It's the crybaby kind of mentality. Yeah. It's it's the I want to do commercials more than focus on winning. Like, and it's sad because. I mean, it's cr- and like, I think someone even said that too. I don't know if it was on, on Dan Patrick's show or if um on Pro Football Talk or on the ESPN NFL Live show. It's like now we're at the point where like a guy like Jimmy G is go- is going to be like on the outside looking in. Like, 
that's crazy. Like there is like there's guys right now I can tell you who I think he should start. Like right now he's better than Davis Mills. I don't care what you say. He is. Yeah. He's better than Davis Mills. And I mean, Jacksonville's gonna roll with Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you've you you are married to that now. Yeah. You got you gotta see you gotta see that through. Um I mean, Sam Darnold. I mean, I think they're gonna adjust quarterback in the draft. The more I see, the more I think they're they're the team that comes away with Pickett, like you predicted. Uh, yeah. They're the team that's gonna come away with Kenny. Um, and, and I'm just like I'm trying to look all over. Does Tennessee maybe get some uh, insurance an insurance policy for Tannehill? But I mean, he's been fairly healthy. You know, I'm just trying to t- take my, yeah, my time. It's looking here. like Mayfield's going somewhere to back up. It's just maybe a yeah. team. That, you, uh, see, I, I think if he doesn't go to Seattle, then you're basically going somewhere to back up. And I, I yeah. mean, like you said, with 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 uh, with with uh, with Jared Goff, Goff in Detroit, you know, maybe just someone signed there on, on hopes that either his game goes to hell or, or you know, he has he has been injury prone. He was injury prone last year. They've had to they had to bring some. Uh, some JUCO guys in there to to to, to play a couple weeks there, so maybe you take a, a flyer at the Lions and hope that maybe um, they lose patience with with golf. But yeah, you're right, Frank. It's uh, this may be the time now where you you just you kind of wait and see what happens in the afternoon. You said it's not a very real possibility that Jimmy G could stay in San Francisco and just you know just see what happens. But I mean, I like Jimmy G, and then he's he's been in a couple of these commercials now lately, like for for Subway and stuff. So like. You got to give the guy a starting QB deal, you know. Maybe I, I don't. Well, I was gonna say too. You even you said, you know, put him back to New England. Maybe be, you know, you know. But then I guess that puts pressure on Mac Jones. But yeah. they just re-upped um, Brian Hoyer for another two years, I think. So, um, you know, they're they're, co- they're comfortable with that. But yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, Frank, I think I, I think it's gonna cool down now. We're we're gonna wait till the draft and see what happens, unless something catastrophic happens or. Or something that we don't see coming happens, but uh, like I said, we both agree that they're probably going to chill until after the draft and see where we go. You know, if a guy doesn't get what they want, there's going to be taking teams are going to take chances, maybe trade back in the first round, drop down, um, and then you know if, if a team comes away without a, a quarterback they like, then they then they go back to the wire. So, no, Frank. Um, and then the last thing, you know, um, uh, you know, and uh, uh, last thing I want to mention before we we kick it over to you for what you want to talk about or your, your, the next segment here. Um, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't cover at least for about 30 seconds here. Kenny Pickett's pro day was yesterday. Well, a couple guys, but Kenny Pickett was the star of the attraction there at the uh, UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. Um, eyes and knees of the NFL world were on the, the workout there. Um, I actually, in between, I was off yesterday. I was watching the trade deadline, but I did. Uh, I snuck. Uh, I, I did the double feed of uh, uh, the ACC network and NFL network. It was basically the same feed, but they had different people uh, talking about it. Um, ACC Network had uh, the, uh, the guy from the morning show and uh, EJ Manuel and NFL Network had um, Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks talking about Pickett. I mean, no, no surprise there, Frank. He made I think uh, I think Daniel Jeremiah said he came away. You know, uh, Pickett had more zip on the ball than he thought he would. Um, it made a couple deep throws. I think the knock on Pickett was that he couldn't throw the deep ball, and he made a couple deep throws there. Um, and you know, and they were breaking down a guy who just threw a ball in t-shirt and shorts and a backwards ball cap. But of course, everything was made about the fact of the hands. Frankie wore the gloves. He's always going to wear the gloves. And I think they showed the the clip there, and it's turning into memes now of um, uh, Matt Roll and um, the offensive coordinator for the Panthers, Ben McAdoo, um, the former Giants coach, all asking Pickett to grip a football without his gloves on so they can see how he gripped a football. <laughs> and he did it. And you know, Kenny Kenny's been nothing. Uh, 
Kenny's been nothing but but uh, but but a pro dealing with the whole thing. And I think he I think he's kind of like taking a joke of it, like the the hand thing. I think I think that's all you can do when you're Kenny in that situation. But uh, you know, I think he said Matt Roll tried to recruit him at, at, at Temple, and you know, obviously I knew he was going to be there on the pro day. And and uh, not only was it a good day for Pickett, Frank, I thought it was a good day for some couple of the other guys from Pitt to get noticed. Uh, uh, I think I think a couple teams are probably going to come away, you know, maybe looking their chops when uh, Jordan Addison becomes available and the, the yeah. see his talent. So, um, but no, you just I don't know if you watched the did you watch the pro day and what were your thoughts of that? Yeah, bits and pieces of it. Saw the clips. Saw the, what the news had. Um... They one interesting thing is they remeasured Pickett's hands, which I thought <laughs> yeah, was funny. I forgot to, and I just um, talked about the hands too. Yeah, they and they actually came back an eighth of an inch bigger. So, <laughs> so that the, you know the Homer the person yeah, yeah, measuring. Didi tweeted. She said she said the, the, the Pittsburgh measurement there. The Pittsburgh <laughs> measurement. Um, but yeah, Pickett hopefully said, he's been doing the hand stretching exercises. Right. That's why it's. <laughs> um, have you heard what Madden has been saying about that? I can't say oh, it on God. air. Oh, God, yes. I'm not going <laughs> to say it, but I know. Pretty <laughs> funny what he's been saying about what he needs to get done, but uh, just because it's a funny play on words. But uh, no, yeah. yeah, Lucas Crawl came out shirtless, you know, showing <laughs> off that he was jacked. He's trying to get noticed. Jordan Addison for next year, of course, the Boletnikov winner. Um, yeah. Putting on a show. He'll be a, a first-round pick next year for sure. He's and, your max uh, draft eligible this year, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. And Damari yeah. Mathis, the 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 corner, uh, um, his vertical forty three and a half inches would have been the best at the combine. Oh wow! So he he had he really upped his draft stock with the uh, the best vertical. Uh, you know, would have been number one. So um, all the pit players and and Pickett said this, and this is why he's a good teammate and he's well liked. He's like, I'm so happy that I'm just getting all my friends noticed. You know, yeah. he's like, everybody's here for me, but it's a chance for everybody else on pit, you know, help, help Narduzzi in the program, get some publicity. Um, so yeah, he was, it was all unselfish for him. I want to say, I want to say, I think EJ Manuel mentioned it was, was Morrissey there. I think they said Morrissey was there too, because he's the guy that's been on the, uh, the fringe on NFL practice squads. And I think, okay. I think he might've did a workout too, to kind of get NFL teams interested in him again. Can't hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of guys have done that in the past Two guys who were on the fringe, they just, you know, um, but, um, but no, yeah, Frank, uh, yeah, the the uh, the measurements of, of Pickett's of Pickett's hand, <laughs> yeah, the extra eighth, I guess it was, but uh, um, but no, Kenny Pickett's the hell, you know, and, and, and my you know my friend Shane, he's been knocking on me, he's he's been making fun of my love for Pickett, and he's like, well, Pickett didn't play at Pitt, you wouldn't even be a fan. I said, well, well, oh yeah, of course, he's our guy, of course we're <laughs> gonna support Kenny Pickett. Yeah, yes, he played at Pitt, he's our guy. <laughs> So, you know, so, you know, you, you want the best for him. And I hope, like I said, I hope Kenny gets into a situation where he's given a chance to thrive. Um, and he's really given that fair shot. So no, it was, it was, it was a good thing to watch. I think that's the first, um, workout I've watched since, um, when I was at Slippery Rock, when I went back to school at Slippery Rock, I, my buddy Zach and I went to lunch at uh Permanis in Grove city. And there was like 10 TVs in there. And every one of them had the Johnny Manziel workout. That's the last. <laughs> that's the last pro day I ever watched. Was they had in Manziel? They're breaking in the Manziel uh, pro day like uh, a Zapruder film. It looked like, but uh, but no, Frank. And that's we're gonna wrap NFL up on that. Um, I thought it was cool too. Um, Clemson and a lot of other the pro day. Some of the colleges uh were uh, bidding um, uh, Kevin Colbert uh, a do. Pitt did that. Pitt just did it. When Kenny Pickett's pro day and. Um, Dabo did that with Clemson when they were down there checking the pro day on there. They gave him a little, little, you know, plaque or whatever, thanking him for, you know, for the years in the NFL and whatnot scouting. 
Um, so, no, anyway, Frank. But yeah, Frank, that just, that does it for me. And then I know we're gonna kick it over to the Frankie, who uh, he's been covering. You know what, what's really been uh, moving the needle near in in, uh, in sports right now. Yeah, thanks, Bronson. NFL is gonna, you know, st- stay hot and uh, stay a hot topic until the draft. And we'll, we'll, you know, come April, we'll probably have another draft and be a live episode for the draft. And you know, a couple more episodes until then, we'll break down the the signings and trades that go on. We'll keep you up to date here on the LN Sportscast. Bronson does a great job at uh, heading up the NFL talk. But yeah, I want to get into um, our next segment, which is uh, the you know March Madness NCAA tournament. Um, we're, we're through the first weekend. I think just about everybody, I think there's zero perfect brackets left out of 7 million. <laughs> you know, it always happens this way. I don't know if there's anybody out there with this, with a perfect sweet 16. It's pretty wild. Um, so yeah, the first, first couple of rounds are in the books and we have the sweet 16. So the cream is rising to the top and, you know, this weekend coming up here, which is what the 25th and 26th and 27th. Yeah. Um, it's going to be the Sweet 16 games. Well, so we will know our Final Four by the end of the week. Uh, there'll be the the 16th, the round of 16, then the Elite Eight, which is the regional final, um, and then the, whoever comes out of each region will 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 fill out our Final Four. Um, the stories were upsets again, Bronson. It seems like every year it it, it seems to happen. The five yes. tw- the five twelve happens. You know, you had UConn go down to New Mexico. Just about every year, one of those happens. Yeah. Um, you had uh, that was the only. Five. No, no, no. Uh, I don't know if it was a five twelve, but um, Kentucky. Yeah, that was the biggest. Uh, St. Yeah. Peter's, a fifteen seed, and there's only been uh, nine all time. I believe there's something like nine and one hundred and eighty. Um, nine fifteens have ever pulled it off. What well, we saw it here, um, and only for the for the fourth time ever, uh, a fifteen has made the Sweet Sixteen. So they were able to not only knock off Kentucky, uh, but then they knocked off Murray State, uh, yeah. who was a thirty win team. You know, John Morant's not there anymore, but they still have a great program. Um, but St. Peter's was able to knock them out too. Murray State was probably a little bit overconfident, like, all right, we get to avoid Kentucky. We're going to, you know, cruise right to the Sweet 16 because this St. Peter's team is not going to pull a rabbit out of their hat twice. They actually cracked my uh, eight streak. I, I play streak for the cash on ESPN um, gotcha. where where you just try to get pick as many games in a row as you can. Um, I had 17 in a row a couple months ago, and the Washington Capitals blew one for me. But um I picked Murray State to beat St. Peter's thinking the same way. Like, no way St. Peter's does it again. Well, they did. They, you know, they're everybody's darling and they're in the Sweet 16 taking on Purdue. Um, Purdue is one of my top picks. I thought they were going to make a, a pretty a deep run. They were able to uh, dispatch of Yale and Texas pretty, pretty handily there in the Sweet 16. Um, another big shocker uh, Baylor, the number one seed Baylor's out. Uh, they were beaten by North Carolina, who's getting hot at the right time. You know, yeah. North, the Tar Heels, they're an eight seed. Um, you know, that win against Krzyzewski in the final game at Cameron, um, maybe, you know, springboarded their season. They didn't have a great year, but getting an eight seed in the tournament, um, able to take out, you know, the eight, nine games, always a top out, toss up. They take out Marquette. And then, you know, they had a 20 point lead over Baylor. Um, most of that game, Baylor forced overtime. They kind of stormed back, and everybody's like, "Oh man, North Carolina's going to blow this." Um, they were able to actually survive an OT and knock out uh, the number one seed and defending champ Baylor. So there will be a new a new champion 
crowned crowned this year in New Orleans as they will be brawling in New Orleans uh, for the final four this year. Um, yeah, Bronson, I, I I tuned in. I was watching. I was flipping to the you know the True TV, TBS, you know CBS, TNT. They kind of had the 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 four games at once going on. There was action in Pittsburgh this year. Yeah, um, they were down at PPG. They they showed on the Pens broadcast tonight as they just wrapped up beating Columbus five one. Um, they uh, the Pens guys came out and were shooting hoops because the arena got converted to basketball. So yeah. they came, they kind of came out and they got some VIP court access and were able to to fool around, which was cool. And uh, so Sister Jean and and Madeline Duncan and Bronson Almond's Loyola Ramblers, unfortunately, were a first oh, round. It's, it's it's Maddie's team. It's not I just, <laughs> just riding her coattails. I'm gonna no no Bronson. I'm gonna pull up the audio. Last week you said you are a Loyola fan. I remember. I it. am. I am, but because of her. <laughs> because it, of her, she went there. She got a degree from there. They were. Uh, uh, I'm a fan, and um, and she actually went. She took her nephew went to the game on Friday, so uh, I could I, not get work out, or I would have went with her. I picked uh, them to beat Ohio State. I actually had the Yeah, give so. Villanova a run, but Ohio State took care of business in Loyola. No Sister Jean uh, magic run to the Final Four this year, uh, as they had a few years ago, as they're, they're ousted in the first round. Um, some good games there in Pittsburgh, then the second round, Ohio State and Villanova. Villanova was able to get by in a close one. Houston um, p- took on Illinois. Um, and they were able to knock off Illinois. So Houston's to the Sweet 16 back-to-back years. That took place in Pittsburgh. They get a date with number one Arizona, who cruised in their first couple of matches. Um, Michigan, Jawan Howard, a big topic on this show. Um, back into the tournament, they were only 17-11 and 11 this year, Bronson. Um, he was suspended towards the end of the, the regular season. They get an 11 seed, um, and they, they march to the Sweet 16. They... The first round upset of Colorado State and then uh, an upset of Tennessee. So it'll be Michigan and Villanova. Tennessee, I think I had in my final four, so I'm really screwed. Um, (laughs) A lot of people had Iowa going far. That was a shocker as they were a first round exit. Um, I think I'm trying to, that was a 5 12. I'm trying to look for it. Yeah, Iowa and Richmond. So two 5 12s happened again. Um, so Richmond took out Iowa Providence was able to knock them off. So Richmond Cinderella run comes to an end, but sweet 16 looks like this. Duke is alive. Krzyzewski is still a coach, still not retired. They'll take on Texas tech. Um, that'll be Saturday. He, uh, he beat, uh, he beat Tom Izzo in Michigan state. So right, the last so, yeah. we saw this too. Shostakovich and Izzo, yeah, a big embrace at the end of that game. That was a crazy second round matchup. They usually aren't used to meeting that early in the tournament. Um, so Thursday night slate of games will be Duke and Texas Tech, um, two against three. Aforementioned Michigan taking on Villanova. Um, Jay Wright always has Villanova in the thick of things. You know, coming off a national title a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, so Villanova, Michigan, Gonzaga, they cruised. Um, They'll take on Arkansas. You know, Arkansas, kind of a quiet team. They get a four seed. Um, pretty much chalk in that that section, except for number eleven Michigan. Um, and then and then the fun ones. I forgot to mention Miami as a ten seed. Bronson in that football bracket that I talked about. They yeah. they, took, they took out USC um, in in the uh, in the first round in the ten seven, and then they were able to take out number two Auburn. And Auburn was ranked number one this year for a lot of weeks. Um, Bruce Pearl's team, 
the Auburn yeah. Tigers. Um, so Miami was able to take out USC and Auburn in March to the Sweet 16. Jim Laranaga is their coach. If you remember, he was the coach of George Mason when they yes. made this magical run to the Final Four. That got him a better job in Miami. He's still, still there. Um, and they take on the Darlings Iowa State. And listen up, Pitt fans, okay? Iowa State, an 11 seed, um, gets to the Sweet 16. Last year, they went 2-22. and 22 was their record yeah. last year. So it can turn around quick with transfer portal. And, and I mean, you're like, it, you're like JP and angels in the asphalt. Hey, it can happen. It can turn around <laughs> quick. They won two games last year and they are in the fire in the sweet 16. So out of that matchup, you're going to have one of those two teams in the regional final, um, in the elite eight, either Miami or Iowa state, um, taking on Kansas or Providence there. Um, which leads me to that next matchup, Kansas Providence. Providence is a team you like. I know you commented you've seen them. I have them going far, yes. Yeah, FS1 has them a lot, and they take on Kansas. That's going to be a great matchup. I think it's going to be high scoring. Kansas has one of the top players in the country, Ach- Achbe or something. I forget his name. Yeah. Um, so chalk, chalk rained out there. But then the other two, Bronson, North Carolina, UCLA, talk about blue bloods. Um, yeah. That one isn't chalk because Carolina comes in as the eighth seed, but that's. I was be scared a... of North Carolina. They were riding too much of a hot wave oh, going to the tournament. Classic matchup there: Carolina North, and UCLA, and then St. Peter's, the darling 15 seed, taking on Purdue. Oh, Purdue wow. has to the task yeah. at hand. Purdue don't get don't get overconfident. Um, that's like a uh, was say um, uh, what's. Um, UNC and, and UCLA, North Carolina and uh, uh, North Carolina and uh, UCLA. That's a classic like Dean Smith, John Wooden match up there. Right. It is. It's just <laughs> talk about the blue blood programs. They call them your, your Dukes, your Kansases, your Kentuckys, yeah. North Carolina, UCLA. It's about Indiana. If you throw them in there, not, not of late, but yeah, the Bobby Knight years. Yeah. There's six or seven, what quote unquote blue bloods, um, Syracuse and Yukon, maybe, you know, with the Calhoun and Bayheim, you know, for, for many years, Michigan state could be thrown in there, but uh, yeah, Carolina and North Carolina and UCLA a um, couple all timers. That's going to be just an epic matchup. So that's it. Bronson, the, the sweet 16s upon us. Um, the next time we meet, if we do take a week off, we'll be, uh, we'll already be through the final four and uh championship game. So we'll break that all down for you. But if yeah, we do, get a, if we get a chance to meet right before it, maybe we'll preview the final four, but, can't wait. Check it all out. Um, I hope everybody tunes in Thursday and Friday of this week. The 24th and 25th um, is the, the the round of 16. And then the Elite Eight will be Saturday and Sunday. And we'll know our final four come Sunday night. So um, yeah. if we post this, leave us a comment. Uh, how your bracket's doing. Um, what, what final four team um, surprised you the most? Is there going to be a Cinderella 15 seed making a final four uh, with St. Peter's a 10 or 11 Miami and that's only happened a handful of time where a 10 or a, a double digit seeds made it. Um, yeah. v, you remember VCU Loyola was one of them, George yeah. Mason, who I mentioned. Um, and, and just a, a couple of years ago, I think UCLA made it as a 10 or 11. So yeah, exciting Bronson. I don't know it, it, what you saw, how your brackets do it. I'll turn it over to you to, to talk a little bit, uh, some college hoops here. No, it's, uh, it's busted. <laughs> no other way to put it. It's uh right now in the uh, the EC Wolverines pool that um the Wise and Murskies and the Campmans run. 
I am not a good kid. It's not it's not looking good for you, boy. I tried. We made, we we tried to make a go of it. Um, as of right now, I have two brackets. My first bracket is 160th, and the second one's 242nd. Um, real quick, um, uh, Zag's still alive. Um, Notre Dame. I, I got you know. I, got, I get Texas Tech and Duke. I did have that one. Uh, the Zags, but everything else got knocked out there. I have North Carolina. I had them going to the um, them going to the final four. Yeah, I have them going to the final four. So I got them. They're still alive in that bracket. Um, still have Arizona alive in the South. Michigan still alive. Um, Nova. Uh, actually, no, because because I, I actually was stupid enough to have Loyola beat them. Um, <laughs> I have Kansas and Providence, and, and that's it. So that's the only thing still stuck out of the, the Midwest. So um, still shot for the Final Four. Zags and, and I had Kansas beating Providence, although I would love to see Providence win that game. But I have Kansas and Zags still alive because I had the Zags winning the national championship. That's, that was my pick. So I feel like it, eventually it becomes do you know now or never for Mark Few and and, and the Zags there. So. Um, you know, I think I think maybe this could be the year finally, you know. The last couple of years they've been, you know, they've always been in the spotlight, but the last couple of years they've really been everything's really been on them. But I'm thinking like I haven't like I've heard that they've still been on the top teams, but not as much of the spotlight on them as in your years past. And so maybe this is the year they they get it done, Frank. But no. And every time I think of Gonzaga, obviously I think of uh obviously um uh why can't I think of John Stockton went there, um Adam Morrison. Uh, Jason Bay played baseball there, uh, so you know. But yeah, so I was thinking, I was thinking you know, the old Zags there. But no, I, I hope, I hope they do well. I hope Providence does well. Um, unless can't, you know, if Kansas makes the Final Four, if, if I had a chance to win the the whole thing, I, I would choose, I would push Kansas. But since I know I'm pretty much not going to win anything unless Gonzaga goes all the way, or at least be in the, in the run of it, I would love to see Providence do well. Like you said, they've been kind of the team I've uh, uh, jumped on to, uh, you know, under Loyola. But yeah, Frank, I loved your, I loved your optimism, you know, about Iowa State. You know, picking maybe turning around. You know, the only thing I love about you is like, you know, things get down as a Pitt fan, and you're always there. You're always you're always the optimistic person, and I I thoroughly enjoy that. It gives me kind of hope. So um, we'll see. Um, uh, a couple things I know you, we talked during this week through text about it, and uh, Frank's hope of uh, Sean Miller returning to Pitt is on hold for now. Is uh, Sean Miller takes the he goes back to he goes back to work started as the head coach as Xavier the Musketeers so he goes back to Xavier I saw that um what um Archie's at Rhode Island now so uh, the Millers now have jobs back in college basketball again I know Frank Frank gave me the angry face he'd hoped that maybe we we could bring uh, Sean to Pitt but uh, uh he had other plans he's going to Xavier makes sense too you know they, they they're familiar with him. Less less heat they got to take with him be, being there because he was there before. So, yeah, yeah, Frankie, I know you 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 were upset about that. I, I share your uh, your frustration as well. Yeah, Brian, so, so I was trying to th- you know think that the timing might finally work out. You know, enough time might <laughs> enough time might pass where some of the allegations of cheating would would kind of you know get swept under the rug. Capel would maybe get one more year. The buyout uh, lowers and he gets fired and, and Miller's ready to come in next year. And, but he takes a, you know, he, he, I thought he might sit out one more year, but he takes a Xavier job, you know, 
very very safe job to take because it's a place he already was um it's a, a, a it is a big e school but considered kind of a smaller school where they oh we had you before you did great things here you got us to a sweet 16 i think in elite eight maybe at, while he was at xavier which springboarded him to the arizona job um now now he has a chance you know who's going to forgive you but you know, it's kind of like your parents forgiven you know a parent can always forgive a kid um <laughs> xavier's able to forgive miller's maybe cheating allegations and bring him back in so no but yeah as far as my bracket bronson it's i do i did have baylor going far which kind of crushed me i had iowa going far I had tennessee going far and kentucky going far but i have nine of my sweet 16 and i could have five of my elite eight and I can have three of my final four, um, but I can only have one of my final two. I had Baylor all the way to the final game with uh, Arizona beating. Yeah. So, yeah, not bad, but um, we'll see if I stay hot and, and win all of those. I can get better, but um, I didn't put any money. I just did some online ones. But, um, no, it's it's going to be exciting, Bronson, and you know, hopefully everybody can uh, – tune in and enjoy the the hoops uh thursday friday saturday and sunday this week but um bronson i want to get to our next big segment um and this is one you love every year and i love it's a holiday brother and and you were happy to be off and i was happy to be working from home and i i was was, that i I manipulate to have that day off like i knew like two months (laughs) in advance was going to trade deadline so i get that day off work smart no smart i i was watching uh the the nhl network coverage in the morning until I got busy at work. And once I got a little bit busy, I couldn't watch it as closely, but um, yeah, the NHL trade deadline was March, March 21st yesterday as we record Tuesday. And um, I thought it was going to be a, a, an underwhelming deadline with a lot of teams being um, right up against the salary cap, you know, which hasn't, uh, which has been flat since COVID. Um, and a lot of teams not being sellers yet because they're still in the playoff race. So there, you know, the big names were still out there. It was, it was Jacob Chikrin, Mark Giordano. Um, is Claude Giroux going to go somewhere? Because he's, you know, a lot of these UFAs that are cup chasers um, go somewhere to maybe win a cup. Some older guys, um, Ben Sherrod, every pretty much everybody on Montreal because they're one seller that we know. Um, Winnipeg dangling a lot of guys despite being kind of still in it. Um, the, the goalie market, Marc-Andre Fleury, was kind of the only name floating out there. Did he go somewhere? Um, Toronto was hot on his tail. Um, he has a no-trade trade clause where he can pick. So we are just looking forward to all these stories breaking. And I love the TSN and NHL Network feeds just because you know, they have the insiders and they're they're breaking news on the on the side of the screen. That's my dream job, Frank. That's what I want to be. Uh, I want to be the, the trade breakers. The ticker. The, you know, the ticker I want Bob I'm, McKenzie's job. They they put on the Twitter, you know, they'll put a screenshot of somebody's Twitter, like such and such to some place, you know, details to come. And I just love hearing the breaking news. I always love it on baseball trade deadline, July 31st, too. Um, but no, hockey's a fun one as well. A month later this year, Bronson, interesting, I believe, because yeah. of the Olympic break, um, which was supposed to happen. They didn't want to have the trade deadline right in the middle of Beijing Olympics. So this year, when you get a trade, you only get them for 20 games for one month and then the playoffs. So a lot of teams maybe uh, shied away from from giving up assets for rentals for that short period. Or so of we thought. <laughs> but yeah, it was a pretty active deadline, Bronson, I think all in all 33 trades. So I will turn it over to you and let you just dive into to some of the bigger <laughs> ones. 
I'm grinning over here. I'm in, <laughs> I'm in full mode here. Yeah, Frank, I think when last time we uh when we last spoke, it, we had just um I think you'd covered the uh Hampus Lindholm trade. The Boston trade there with mm-hmm. Hampus. Yeah, Lindholm. there were some deals like uh before the deadline that we got to talk about. Yeah. yeah so yeah, it was uh yeah, Ben Sherratt went to the Florida Panthers, then Montreal got um uh, Tyler Smolanic and uh, the, uh, the the uh, next year's next year's first round pick, not this upcoming year's, but they got the 2023 first rounder and then a fourth rounder from this year. So that was a big one. Um, we knew the Kraken would probably be very active, you know, because you know they got some assets. They they like to try to get rid of guys that are going to leave for some assets. Um, and then and, and, uh, you expected it, and it did happen. Um, they traded Callie Yarncroke uh, to the Calgary Flames. They got. A second round pick, a third round pick. They got this year's second, next year's third, and then the third year's seventh round pick. Um, Tampa Bay and Chicago, Frank. This is—I know you don't like this, Frank. I think we talked about this last episode too. Tampa Bay putting that, putting themselves in, in position there. They get Brandon Hagel from the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, they oh, also get- I, I texted you right away. <laughs> Tampa Bay's putting together the best third line in hockey, and they are just—you know—they lost. Who do they lose? Coleman, Johnny Gord to the Kraken, and they uh, lost Gord, Goudreau, and and Bartha uh, Goudreau and Coleman. And what do yeah. they do? But they go get Brandon Hagel, the cheapest twenty goal scorer out there. <laughs> but they did pay a hefty price, which I'll let you say. But then Nick Paul, later yeah. on, you'll talk about the Nick Paul from Ottawa. So Hagel yeah, yeah, and Nick Paul just Tampa Bay gets <laughs> the best two affordable bottom six forwards, which I, I the Penguins I would have loved to the Penguins to get these bottom six forwards. But they, they, they weren't willing to uh, give up the assets of Tampa. But yeah, let up. everybody know what did Tampa give up for Hagel? Yeah, cool. so. You got to give it up to Julian Breezewall. You know he's there. You know Stevie Weiss at the table for him there. But um, they they get Brandon Hagel and Chicago's two fourth round picks, twenty twenty two and twenty four, and in return they send to Chicago two first round picks. Frank, not this year's though. It's it's next year's. Um, it's to twenty twenty three first round or the twenty twenty four first round. So this year's one is still uh, still a pretty uh, protected there. So. Um, two first rounders back to Chicago, Forrest, um, Forrest Kachuk and, uh, my Erie Otter, uh, buddy, Taylor Radish. And it's funny cause I mentioned, I was telling my friend Dalton, I said, I wonder if Chicago will do a Debrinket Strom Radish line. And he's like, ah, they won't do it. They, that was their second power play the other night or it was, it was a Radish goal assisted by Debrinket and Strom or something. So I was like, yeah, they're going to, they, they all played in Erie together. So why wouldn't you just put them together? Uh, so they did for a little bit there too, Frank. So yeah, Hagel, Hagel to Tampa, you know, two fourth rounds back, but they give two first rounders back to Chicago with uh, Kachuk and Radish. Um, we already, we covered the Lynn the Lindholm trade. It was Campus Lindholm and Cody Curran. Uh, but the Ducks get they get Boston's first rounder this year, their second rounder next year, and another second rounder the year after, along with uh, Yurho um, Vakanainen and John Moore. And then they signed them to an eight year deal. Yes, they did yeah. sign him to an eight-year deal. And John Moore, actually, this would not be the last time we would hear John Moore's name, <laughs> as you would have. But, Frank, I think up until Monday, the big deal was actually um, uh, the end of an era in Philadelphia. Actually, Claude Giroux was celebrated that Friday, this past Friday, playing in his 1,000th game with the Philadelphia Flyers. So you got that. You get the silver stick. You got the pomp and the circumstances, his family, Bobby Clark. 
everyone in, in, with the Flyers organization, everyone pretty much known Frank the Drew would not be a Flyer come Monday. So it was yeah, kind of like bittersweet, right? yeah, not even the, the thousandth game ceremony, but kind of like you know, kind of like Goodbye. a farewell festival right. too. Yeah, uh, and and literally the uh, was it the next day or two days after that, um, he would be shipped to the Florida Panthers along with Connor uh, Bunneman and uh, and German Rubsoff and a fifth round pick. Um, and then the the Flyers in return get uh, the 2024 first round pick, so a few years away from here, a couple years away, um, two years, two, 2023 third round pick, and one of Florida's top prospects, Owen Tippett. Uh, so you know, so if the Flyers get Tippett back, and Tippett is going to jump in the lineup quickly with with Philly, Drew obviously, um, you know, right there, he's going to help Florida become a contender. Florida also got Robert Hag from Buffalo for the sixth rounder. And then the Kraken were back to work. They gave Mark Giordano and Colin Blackwell to the Maple Leafs. So Giordano going back, uh, back to Canada, um, and the Kraken get the get the 2022 second rounder, 2023 second rounder, and 2024 third round picks. So obviously the theme here, Frank Ronnie Francis trying to uh, to get assets back for guys that he knew he was going to lose. So just trying to accumulate those picks. Um, Travis Hamannick, Frank, the Vancouver Canucks trade him to the Ottawa Senators for the third round pick. Now I was reading TSN today, Frank. Uh, the, there had really been news breaking around that uh, Travis Hamannick, uh, Travis Hamannick, really n- uh, not a good locker room guy. Uh, there was a big story about that. Hear that too, yeah. Not not a great locker room guy, and um, so Vancouver could not wait to get rid of him. And uh, actually, they uh, they were able to get rid of Hamannick because they trade. They traded a third round pick in 2022 to the uh, Maple Leafs in order to get another Erie Otter, Frank Travis Dermott, uh, a young guy who just hasn't found his way there in Toronto. Maybe a chance to uh, play in Vancouver. Uh, maybe, you know, see what, what Bruce had, Bruce Brujo, the, the staff there can do. Maybe ch- change his game up a little bit there too, Frank. We mentioned, you mentioned the Nick Paul trade. They get Nick Paul from the Ottawa Senators. And Tampa Bay sends P.O. Joseph's brother Matthew in a fourth in a 2024 fourth round pick back for Nick Paul. So, you know, like Frank said, you know, Tampa Bay really needed to replace that, you know, the Coleman, uh, Yanni Gord, and uh, Barclay Goodrow line that 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 won them the back to back cups. So they're doing just that. Uh, Seattle, um, they got Jeremy Lawson from Boston in the expansion draft. They sent him to Nashville for a second round pick uh, this year. Um, Jack McBain, Frank, the college kid, Minnesota had the rights to, he would not, he refused to sign with Minnesota. So you gotta get, you gotta get rid of him. You know, you, you gotta get something back for him. They get a second round pick this year. The Coyotes take him on Mason Appleton. Frank returns back to Winnipeg after being selected by the Kraken in the expansion draft. The Winnipeg give the Winnipeg Jets give the Kraken a fourth round pick in 2023 back. Um, and that kind of leads us, uh, this is kind of leads, leads us into deadline day, Frank in the morning actually was kicked off by your Pittsburgh Penguins, Frank and Nathan Boylow was traded, uh, was acquired from the jets and returned for a seventh round pick this year. Uh, Boylow could possibly be on long-term IR this entire season. Uh, they don't know if he'll be able to play, you know, the rest of the year. It's still kind of, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those cap moves where he, his cap money, 1.2 million won't hurt against the Pens. pens come yeah. playoff time. As we know. There's no cap that I talk about all the time. Circle. <laughs> the, the, the Florida, Florida's wise to it. Aaron Ekblad was placed on long-term IR, so his $5 million, Yeah, uh, he'll be ready for game one of the playoffs, I'm sure, and that $5 million won't count. That helped with the Drew, the Drew trade. But, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, Boilo's not going to play probably till the playoffs, and I think it's going to be a, along those lines. Remember, we got Mark Strait. Um, yeah, it's just like an eighth or ninth defenseman to bring in in case of he played injury. what a couple games, not even. Yeah, so I mean, if, maybe if somebody gets injured or really plays crappy, 
Boilo can slide in. He's a left-handed shooting defenseman, so kind of some insurance. It's yeah. like, you know, if if a um, if a Pedersen uh, starts to slack off or a uh, Dumoulin or Matheson get hurt, Boilo's there on the left side to be able to come in. But the Pens are stacked. You know, they have Pio Joseph, Yuko Rikola, Yuso Rikola, Mark Friedman that can't sniff the ice. They just it's- extended Friedman for two more years, too, so. Right, so they must be, you know, which I thought off season they might be looking to move Pedersen's contract because um, I agree. Or or Marino's, even though Berkey was on the TSN coverage and said he he's not trading Marino, but yeah. um, I don't know why Friedman would agree to sign here if he's going to ride the pine. He must be get, be getting guaranteed a top six spot next year, which means somebody might be moving out. So we'll have to see. Yeah, I'm looking at our other new acquisition, Frank, and looking to tease the lead here. He's he's got he's a big boy. Got some big arms. Got some nice tats here in the, the post conference here with uh, Marcus Pedersen, and we'll get to him in just a second. But um, uh, Winnipeg sent Brian Little, Nathan Smith, the rights to Nathan Smith to to the Coyotes in exchange for a fourth round pick. Um, the Capitals, Frank, remember they they reacquire Marcus Johansson from the Kraken, um, and in return they spent they sent a a um. A fourth round pick this year, a sixth round pick next year, and former Penguin Frank Daniel Sprung on the move. So happy about this. He doesn't have to kill the Penguins anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. You know what else the Kraken did today, too? They acquired Derek Pouliot off of waivers. Interesting. Yeah, I saw yeah, Vegas. I saw Vegas was calling him up, but he had to clear. Yeah, so they yeah, so yeah, the, the they're hanging around. Former first round pick from 2012. <laughs> So Mark Madden said yesterday on his show, he said, Daniel Sprong and Derek Pouliot now in the Kraken lineup. Yes, yes, folks, they truly are an expansion team now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I was going to mention this trade, but I, I, I guess we should we should just let the the uh, the uh, the tiger out of the cage here. And so what have we been covering during the trade deadline, Frank? Oh, you're, you're all in. Where would Mark andre Fleury go? Mm-hmm. We were kind of in the belief that maybe he would stay in Chicago. His uh, his trade list was very – it was down to only a couple teams. Yeah. I don't think he wanted to uproot his family in Chicago. Right. Likes the city there, great teammate there, loves the organization. But we found out the night before the trade deadline day that Fleury had given Chicago the green light to talk to Minnesota about a trade. And that basically saying, if you agree to trade Minnesota, I'll sign off on it. And um, and sure enough, the beginning of the morning the trade deadline deal, we get Mark Andre Fleury moving over to the Minnesota Wild. It's a conditional second round pick, which be- can become a first round pick if the Wild reach the East, the Western Conference Finals, and Fleury wins four plus four or more games throughout the playoffs. If those two criteria are met the second round pick then becomes a first round pick for Chicago. So Marc-Andre Fleury will go to the Minnesota Wild. Obviously, there's some familiarity through organization with Bill Guerin as the GM and, and, advi- and the advisor to the GM, Ray Shiro. So Fleury is, obviously has some, you know, some familiarity with, with those guys. Um, so, and Bill, and then he did, and I actually watched Flowers' press conference after, Frank. He said, you know, Billy G was a big part of him uh, agreeing to go to Minnesota. Um, he's going to have a great lineup in front of him, you know, with Kaprizov and a lot of younger guys there and many Frank. And it's funny because you think, you know, what, what Cam Talbot's the starter there, right? It's, you know, and, you know, rumor whether Cam Talbot was happy about them getting Marc-Andre Fleury, but Bill Guerin said he talked to Cam Talbot right before he pulled the trigger and said, hey, we're bringing in, you know, the, we're bringing in the defending resident winning goal to, you know, this is not a knock on you in any way. You know, they could push each other to be each other, to be better. And then uh, not to not to spoil things, Frank, but Cam Talbot uh, won the game for Minnesota last night and pitched a shutout. So 
<laughs> Cam Talbot wants his say in, in what happens in the Minnesota goaltending foray. But now they have Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, my guy, Frank, you know who I love, Capo Kakinen. Uh, he was kind of the, the odd man out there. So they instantly ship him to San Jose in a fifth-round pick for Jacob Middleton. So Kakinen going to be the backup to Reimer. Reimer's still their guy there. Um, Justin Braun was a big defenseman on the trade market, Frankie. The Philadelphia Flyers trade him to the New York Rangers, the, you know, the dreaded new rival New York Rangers. Philadelphia had the playoffs, so you know they had no skin in the game with them not going to be in the playoffs. They get a third-round pick next year for Justin Braun, Frank. Um, then you move over. Um, Brett Kulak for the Montreal Canadiens. Edmonton gets him. They, gi- they give up Lagesson in the second and seventh-round pick. Um, uh, Arturi Lekkinen goes from the Canadiens to the Avalanche. Justin Barron and a second round pick in 2024 goes back. Frank, another former Penguin on the move. Uh, it's not Nick Letty. Nick Letty goes to de- from Detroit to um, St. Louis with uh, with Luke Wachowski, but uh, St. Louis sends Jake Wallman, former Penguin Oscar Sundquist, uh, Stanley Cup winner at the Blues, and a 2023 second round pick. Cogliano from San Jose to Colorado for a fifth. Um, Johan Larson from the Coyotes. Capitals get him. They give him a third round pick back in return. And then you're going to get the little the, the shorter deals here, Frankie. Um, Tyler Mott from they get him from Vancouver. The Rangers do in exchange for a, a fourth round pick in 2023. And then this is kind of Frank right right at the time when uh, the deadline uh, the clock hit. And you know we always get those deals to slide in under the deadline. The Penguins yeah. acquired Marion Host after the deadline uh-huh. in, in, in 08. So we know we know that the, the deals fly in right after the deadline. And uh, and the the big shoe to drop after the deadline was the the Pittsburgh Penguins blockbuster shocker. The Penguins do acquire Ricard Raquel from the Anaheim Ducks in exchange. They give up the tw- the second round pick this year. Uh, Zach Aston Reese, Dominic Simone, and Callie Klang, the goaltender they drafted, one of the two goaltenders they drafted last year. Um, and um, I'm going to go through the other trades, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're going to come back to that one, though, Frankie. There's only a couple mm-hmm. more that really was a big deal. Derek Broussard, former Penguin Philadelphia, trades him to Edmonton for a fourth rounder. Max Domi and Tyler Iomoto, Inomoto, uh from Columbus for uh, Aiden Hirschstruck. I don't know the phrase that his name is. Nemestikov, this is whether he, he went over or not, but he did slide in there. Oh, Domi was the same thing, too, whether he slid in under the deadline or not. But Domi to Carolina, the, that cap hit there. Nemestikov from Detroit to Dallas. Um, uh, uh, Andrew. So Winnipeg. So Andrew Kopp goes to the Rangers, uh, sixth round pick with Morgan Barron, two seconds and a fifth back to Winnipeg. Victor Rask. Uh, they the Kraken gets him from Minnesota for future considerations. Okay, so this is the controversial trade. Frank trade. Frank, remember um, Anaheim got John Moore in the in the Hampus Lindholm trade. Um, there's still there were still even to today there were still um. There was still controversy whether this trade was was made after the deadline or not, and the, the league's looking into it. But uh, the Ducks get Evgeny Dadunov from the from the Golden Knights and next year's second round pick from the for the Golden Knights, and in return they sent uh, the contract of Ryan Kessler and John Moore. And so uh, I think the NHL is still looking into the trade. I don't know if they, they they've agreed that it went through into the deadline, but there's still. Uh, there's some people still looking into that, whether it was called the John Moore uh, conundrum. I guess he was just to play for the Silver Knights or something like that. And they didn't know if he was going to be able to play or not because of the trade. But but no, Frank, back to the the, the trade that, uh, that that made the, the headlines here in Pittsburgh. Um, this was kind of a weird one, Frank, because at first it was going to be Raquel for Zach Aston Reese and a second round pick. 
I tweet it, then McKen- I retweet Bob McKenzie's tweet. He deletes it, and then we hear it's 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 Aston Reese, or it was the second round, or it was second round pick a prospect. Then it went from second round pick a prospect and Zach Aston Reese, and then we found out um, that Dominic Simon was the final piece, and then the prospect was Callie Klang. Um, I know I read on the, the the message board some hockey people felt you know either you really like the trade some people felt it was too big of a price to pay for a rental I say you need to go pound salt I mean I don't see anything there Frank that 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 shatters our franchise and what we lost there um, I was shocked it wasn't a, another first round pick they were able to keep this year's first round pick they give the second Zach Aston Reese who um, was not bad. He, you know, he's your he's your hit guy. He's your fourth line guy. But only one goal this year, Frankie and Dominic Simone, which I love that they took him away because now there's no there's no there's no temptation for Mike Sullivan to stick him in the lineup. So um, <laughs> I'm happy that, that he's he's out. You know, watch there be a chance that they bring him back in the off season because it's just like they can never seem to get rid of him. <laughs> they love to bring him back. And Callie Klein, Frank, they have a bunch of goaltenders in the system. Not a necessary, necessary, not really a, a huge. Earth shattering loss there. Ricard Raquel, 10 years with the Ducks. Obviously, you know the game he brings, Frankie. Um, a little scoring, a little pop, a little circumstance, a little, little boom boom to his game. And uh, he'll he'll be probably fixated on the line with Gino and Casper uh, Captain, which he shot, saw a little bit of tonight in the Penguins 5 1 victory over the Columbus Blue Jackets. Raquel didn't make his debut. He was in a press conference here with his former Duck teammate, Marcus Patterson. Raquel is a Big arms, big tats, a tough dude, Frankie. Uh, loved the trade, loved, loved, uh, was not uh, disappointed at all with what we had to give up to give it to get him. Um, you go for it, baby. This could be the, the end of the window, you know, the window could be closing very fast on this team because we don't know what's going to happen with 58 and 71. Um, I mean, I could give you, you know, I could give you all of Raquel's, you know, stats and whatnot and put everyone to sleep tonight, but uh, I love it and energizes me. I, I love his game, I've always been a fan of Ricard Raquel. And uh, it'll be cool. He's he's gonna wear 67. He wore tonight, Frank. Ready was a horn and moved to 60. And then so Horner scored tonight. So yeah, good, good luck, luck, new number. 63. And then I think what um uh, I don't know who who the other numbers that were kind of shifted around. I think I think uh, was 18. 18. 18, 18 yeah. yeah, nobody had it. Yeah, um, so there you go. So, but no, Frank. I'm not, without any further ado, I toss this over to you, sir. Okay. Your reaction to the Mark Andre Fleury trade. Your reaction to the Ricard Raquel trade. Well, I'll start with Raquel since it's fresh in my mind. I, I will put you to sleep with a little bit of stats because I was going to. No, go ahead, man. I didn't the, the, reason, uh, like... the reason the price came down for Raquel is, you know, his his numbers have, have kind of dwindled. He had 33 goals in 2016 17, 34 goals in 17 18, um, 18 goals in, in 18 19. Um, and of course, he had the COVID year and things like that, but it's dropped off to 15 9 and 16. Um, and he's been a minus player on some bad Anaheim teams. I think he will re, re you know, a, a little light a fire under him to come here and play with Malkin, um, possibly Sid. Who knows if we see him with Sid, get some power play time. But definitely a sniper, a highly talented player that I've always coveted too. You know, in in past deadlines, you know, when we were, you know, cup contenders, I always would play around and say, what, a, you know, it'd be great to get Raquel because Anaheim was kind of bad and. Um, it was always one of those ones that I would go to go to the the trade websites and try to pull off, but because uh, he would have had term left at a pretty good cap number. Now he is a rental, um, so it is a lot to give up. You know, it's bittersweet with Aston Reese. I did like him. He he is that guy, like you said, led the team in hits. I think he was top top ten in the league. Um, yeah. Grinds it out. Dominic Simone. You know, 
can't can't say goodbye sooner. You know, <laughs> everybody nicer than I was. Everybody <laughs> says he's a good coursey guy and he's great at digging the puck out. And you need guys on on your team that that dig the puck out. Well, you know what? You got to score goals too. So Madden, Madden and, St- <laughs> and Paul Stagger, we hit Stagger right after the trade, and they both said <laughs> getting good rid of Simone was addition by subtraction. Right. So those two guys had been in the bottom six and not producing anything. So to to subtract them two and add a Raquel just you know instantly injects offense into your lineup. And look at this team when healthy Bronson, uh, Gensel, Crosby, Rust, Malkin, Cabin, and Raquel. Raquel. A third line which reminds you of the HBK line, a, a scoring third line what, of Zucker, Zucker, Carter, Zucker. and Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah, Erod. Yeah. Erod or Raquel, um, you know, Raquel could, he started on that third line tonight. So he might be on a third line situation. Um, and you have Erod to move in between there. Danton Heinen can go up and down, but then your fourth line becomes Bluger, Heinen and McGinn when McGinn is healthy with Brian Boyle and Zahorna and O'Connor, you know, scratching at the door to get in there. But, um, They are deep. They have a third line that can score again when healthy. They're going to take advantage of the long-term IR money. Um, if if they do hold out Zucker and if, and and McGinn, it does sound like Zucker's going to be back soon. So they have to figure something out. McGinn will probably be the guy that stays till the playoffs just to save his two or three million dollars. Um, he might be a guy they say, you know what, Brock, just you know, even though you're healthy, we're going to. We're going to keep you out into the playoffs in a salary cap move. Um, but um, no, I'm, I'm happy about the move too, Bronson. He's pretty much one of the top uh, offensive uh, guns for hire that was out there. And the Penguins get him. You know, Vegas was looking at him. Um, I'm sure a lot of teams were interested. Some of our competitors were probably interested. Um, the I range. heard so, so not to cut you off, but yeah. I stayed after the deadline. I stayed after and watched a lot of the hockey coverage all day on ESPN and NHL Network. So for what I hear was Boston had a pretty good package to Anaheim for Raquel. And it was all reports where the Pittsburgh just beat him to the punch. So, yeah. Must, so yeah. I didn't know if it was going to be like Carolina, the Rangers, uh, Washington, somebody we might, but with Boston, we could meet in the playoffs down the road. So I'm glad we beat him out for him. But no, happy with that move, Bronson. Excited to see him here. Um, I think he's going to put up good numbers in the final month and in the playoffs. Uh, hopefully with Malkin, everybody been saying get Malkin that that winger. He did start with Carter in the third line tonight, but I think that was to ease him in. Uh, later in the game, you saw him with Gino a little bit, so I think that's where he'll land. Um, yeah, the, the flurry trade though, Bronson. I I had said it in a past episode. Um, Colorado was my the team I circled the most because you know. They're a team knocking on the door to win a cup. And yes, they have Darcy Kemper, who's pretty good and has had, you know, some quiet, sneaky seasons. Um, but if you can get to Mark Andre Fleury with his pedigree on that Colorado team, look out. Probably maybe sniffed around it, but cap issues and call Fleury didn't want to go far. He didn't want to go to Denver. Um his family uprooted from Vegas. Move to Chicago, get their roots settled down in Chicago, already moving again. So where does he pick? He does pick St. Paul, Minneapolis, only about an hour flight. Um, yeah. You know, maybe, I don't know, a three, four hour drive, but he'll probably be able to get private jets for his family yeah. to come on the weekend. Bill Guerin said that Bill Guerin said that they would, that the team would make arrangements to get Mark right. back home a bunch. Yeah. He, them, you so. know, they, they have two or three days off flat, 
Flower can fly to Chicago, vice versa. St. Paul, Minneapolis, St. Paul, only an hour flight, maybe less. Um, so it all pointed to Minnesota Wild as they are a hot team right now. They're in the playoff hunt. They're they're in a solid spot. Um, they had Cam Talbot who made the All Star team. So that's yeah. kind of a you know a head scratcher. And you know they said Billy G sat him down and said this is what we're doing. It's to help our team win. You're still going to get plenty of games. Um, come playoff time, you have to think it's Flower in the net in Game One though. But uh, if you're if you're Cam Talbot, you got to be ready because if Flower struggles or gets injured, you're you're going and, in for a game two. And like I said, he he answered with the shutout last night. So yeah, so, uh, so they they, be, they they played um. Uh, the Vegas, they show Vegas. Up Vegas yeah. Flurry made it in time. Actually, same day of the trade, he made it, which you don't see often. Yeah, but, you know, he had played the night before and couldn't start, so yeah, he was he was there serving as backup to Talbot the day of the trade. I think, I think, you know, crazy. Bill Guerin said it correctly too during the press conference too. These playoffs, unless you have a stalwart like Vasilevsky, these playoffs are kind of showing us, Frank. Did you kind of need two net miners? It might be a tandem. You're right. Yeah. The Penguins did it in seventeen with Murray and Flurry, so. And and the Vegas Golden Knights did it with with, with Leonard, and Leonard. Leonard. Right. So you might see it to keep a guy fresh to 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 change to change the, the look on another team to down down two games to none to it a game three. A lot of teams are going to switch their guy. So yeah, I mean it's a it's a solid move for Minnesota. Um, I think Chicago retained some salary. Yeah. Um, so it, it's and, a, get, a, and and if Fleury does what Minnesota wants him to do. Then Chicago gets the first round pick. Yeah, so win win. Chicago not going anywhere. They can start playing Lankinen. Yeah, and he, and here's why Chicago wins because they gave up next to nothing to get Flurry, and they get yeah. they, and they have at, at worst they get a second round pick to, to move them. So so yeah, so just to pay Flurry's salary for for two thirds of the year, um, they give up like a a, a no name prospect for him and and flip it for a first. So that was good, shrewd business. Uh. You know that's what the pirates need to do in baseball, not to jump sports, but take on a guy and then flip him for picks. Um, hopefully gotta, we can you know do that at the deadline. You got to give Kyle, you know, you got to give Kyle Davidson the credit there in Chicago, the new GM there. You kind of have to give him the credit for that, mm-hmm. you know, to make something for Mark Andre Fleury. I will say, uh, we we mentioned some of the deals that Toronto made. I know Kyle Dubas was not. I guess he was very public in the fact that he was very. Uh, PO'd at, at Chicago for leaking that the fact that they inquired about Mark Andre Fleury. I <laughs> know, uh, and that was yeah. the Toronto media. I know he was mad about that. Apparently, that that was supposed to be under you know under discretion that they were not supposed to they were not supposed to mention. Yeah, because then you tick off your goalies in house, and yeah, you know you kind of play your hands that you know GMs don't like to play their hands. I see it, but yeah, that market's going to leak anything. But uh, yeah, so they they actually put Peter Morazic on waivers and. Uh, it looks like they're the Toronto's is going to be all in with Jack Cam. We'll see where they go from there. So, but no, they did Frank, pick up Carter Hutton earlier in the deadline. They did, yeah. So. I forgot about the Carter Hutton, the pickup there. But, uh, but, um, uh, but no, I, uh, but no, Frank, I'm happy for the flower. And it seemed like mm-hmm. he, his, Chance he was, to win. uh, yeah, I, it was funny. I don't know if you saw, but, uh, I think, uh, um, I think when Flower was talking, because he talked right after Bill Guerin, Billy G was even as a GM was chirping Flurry during the conference and stuff, and was saying things and trying to make Mark Andre Flurry laugh and stuff. So you know, like mm-hmm. even though Billy G's the GM, he still has heard lost that. that. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, he still he still hasn't lost that humor that we remember him for having here in Pittsburgh. And and he actually did a, a an interview on um, NHL Network with uh, Dave Reed and uh, his former uh, Cup winning teammate, New Jersey Ken Danico, and and him and Danico were you know chirping back and forth and stuff and. And, and uh, I've met Bill Guerin like three times. I've met him twice, once at the draft, 
uh, once at camp, and then uh, actually when I intern when I interviewed for an internship with the Penguins, uh, he was in the lobby there when I was there. So a very talkative guy. I mean, he's one of my favorite people in Penguins history. I walked right past him in the old Latitude 360 that they had in Robinson. Yeah, just walked right by him like this and did just nodded at him. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. No, I I uh yeah he was cool. I forget what he said. He was he 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 was he was he was he was, he was, a, he's, he was busting my chops about something when I was in there. <laughs> Yeah, he's a cool dude. I mean, he just feels like he just you can just tell like he's a guy who you could tell like has like never worked a day in his life. Like he loves what he does. Right. And uh I've always been a big Billy G fan. That's why I went Minnesota to do well. Me too. Uh, if I told my wife Katie who helps us on this show, I said if if the pens are out, Minnesota's my team. Like my adopted team if the pens aren't 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 in yeah, it. Yeah, agreed. A hundred percent. But Bronson, uh, I'll go quick. Some of the other moves I liked where teams improved themselves. Um you know, lacking into Colorado, just like Tampa Bay, they get a solid bottom six guy. He's a tough physical player, can can score. Yeah. Um, obviously, I, I said I liked what Tampa did to their bottom six, although I hate the team. Um, I got to applaud them for 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 loading <laughs> up their bottom six at cheap cap numbers. Um, Colorado also getting that Josh Manson. They get a bruising defense. Yeah, we talked. We covered that last show. That's yeah, why they so get into it tonight. They're just they're really poised to maybe go on a long run. Calgary is a team everybody else thinks that could challenge them. The yarn croak deal was good for that. Yeah. Um, in addition to Fleury, Delorier to to them is a big. You know the yes. Penguins have been the Penguins have been linked to him as a as a big body bottom six forward. He already he scored last night. Um, Giordano to, to Toronto. Um, you know. I think he's kind of past his prime, but it's a it's a big name to go there. The depth um, guy, and yeah, you know, obviously Florida, one yeah, of the sure. top the, the top teams in the league, getting Giroux. We'll see how that works out. We're, we're going to be weird to see him in a different jersey after so many years. But uh, I saw the projected lineup with Giroux in Florida, and it's like they, they they're going to bump Hornquist all the way down to the fourth line with uh, with Joe Thornton. It's like Hornquist, can you imagine playing against Joe? Joe <laughs> Joe Thornton and Patrick yeah. That'd be enough to piss any team off. <laughs> the, the, I'm arguing with a guy on Facebook about this trade, Bronson. I and I wanted this guy in the Penguins because his friend, his dad's best friends with Mario. I wanted Max Domi bad. And I, the, knew, the, I know you would put the, the caps too high, Frankie. Caps well, the Penguins could have got it done because what happened is Carolina didn't have cat space so they got a third team to take some salary and then florida for some reason um is the third team in and they get a sixth round pick what if they play carolina in the playoffs they they helped they helped them get max domi i kind of would have stayed out of it if i'm florida and some guy on facebook's telling me these gms are all buddies and do each other favors i ain't doing somebody a favor if i could meet them in the eastern conference finals i hope max domi beats them in overtime in game seven of the eastern conference finals you do see that in hockey like like even even the trade like with the the justin braun trade like i get the uh, for phillies out of the playoffs but like why would you help a rival yeah, I mean, right. Yeah. I mean, they're probably figuring he, if he's a if he's a UFA, it's not going to hurt him. But like, and Braun will probably be somewhere else, or maybe even back with Philly next year. But yeah. I just don't understand why Florida would get involved, be a third team in to help Carolina get Domi. Um, they yeah. those two teams are you know <laughs> I've seen I've seen third teams come in to prevent a guy from going and like like the Brassard deal and right when the Jets like yeah we'll take some of that Brassard cap it so or, or just Vegas. to. 
to help out a to help yeah, out thanks. a buddy to help out yeah. a buddy GM and get a sixth round pick is not worth risking Max Domi coming back to bite you in the Eastern Conference Finals. So there's yeah. a storyline to look there, at. There, like, like you're right though. Like uh, there is like this like I don't know you want to say like there's this uh, 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 um, what's the word I'm looking for like. Uh, Sorority kind of like thing. Fraternity, yeah, like it's a that fraternity. Thank you. Good old There's boys like club. Yeah. The GMs where it's kind of like, hey, you do me a favor here, I'll do you a favor here. Right. And I, I think I mentioned in the years past on the show. I'm trying to think of, uh, of, of um, I think it was when, um, I think I mentioned the McPhee thing with the with the Vegas Golden Knights when the Penguins gave them a second round pick to take Flurry. And I think I think that's what that's why they jumped in on the Ottawa Pittsburgh trade to take uh, that uh, the Broussard deal. I think that was kind of the kickback, mm-hmm. the uh, you know the thank you Jim for giving us the pick and helping us out and giving us flower. So we'll come in and we'll take we'll take the and I and don't get it twisted. I think they did it because I don't think they wanted the Jets to get Broussard, but I think they kicked into as as also you know these these guys are always good doing things like that. That's also why I don't think that Fran Francis took Carey Price from Montreal. Um, maybe he didn't like the contract and who knows, it was a big cap hit, but I also think I, and I don't care what anybody says, I know Bergey and Francis are, are good buddies and I'm sure there was a call or something like, Hey, I'm not going to take them, you know, things like that. There was, there was probably something that was done. Like you said, there's a fraternity with these guys. I've seen them interact at drafts. Like you see the GMs talk all the time. Like people were shocked. Uh, what was it when they were in uh, Buffalo or, or Chicago that, uh, when, um, Shiro was the GM in Minnesota and, and he was talking to the Jim Rutherford, like they're friends. Like, yeah, they, yeah. yeah, they moved on, you know, one replaced the other, but you know, it's a, it's a fraternity and they're friends and whatever they were talking and what, whatnot. So, um, you, you, like I said, yeah, I'm with you, Frank. I, I think, I, I don't think we would make that cause we'd be a little more cutthroat than a lot of these other guys, but, but, but it's like, yeah, I'm not helping a, a rival team win. Like maybe if you help the team in the Western Conference, but like you're, like you said, you're going to help a team that you, you possibly could face in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, so I agree with you. I, I do agree with you. I get where you're coming from, and I probably would go the route you're going. But I see, like apparently, you know, there's this unwritten rules among GMs, and like you said, in that, you know, I want to say that word again, fraternity, that you know, you help me here, I'll help you there. Um, you don't, like I said, you still don't see too much rival trading other than like the Braun trade. Very, very rarely does Pittsburgh and Philly hook up on a deal or Pittsburgh and Washington. It has happened in the past, but usually it's, you know, it's something that they don't mind losing. But it is funny. You, know, you get the, you get the occasional Calgary Edmonton deal that always kind of makes me laugh. So, yeah, that's my little diatribe on that, I guess. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, Frank, the, the – you know, it's like, you know, once the deadline clock hits, you know, there's trades that come in after, you know, the calls are made with the league. But as of right now, in terms of trade, Frank, put your pencils down, turn in your turn in your papers. There's no more trading going on <laughs> in the NHL. It's all going to be what you got, what you got. So, yep, that's down down to the down to the main to the wire and uh, see what we got in the playoffs. And um, it's going to be a wild one for sure. So uh, stay tuned to see what, how the Penguins do and uh um, and the Penguins do play tomorrow. Actually, they play 7:30 tomorrow. The t- they got the TNT game tomorrow at, at Buffalo, so uh, they'll be going head to head with uh, with Dynamite uh, on on AEW there. So, but no, Frank, uh, that's it for hockey. You know, I can remove the permanent grin on my face as I love mm-hmm. talking about the trade deadline. It's like it's like a holiday to me, honestly. It's right there with like you know the NFL draft and Christmas and. <laughs> and mm-hmm. <laughs> But I'll talk to something that I know Frankie's passionate about, and that we patch into the Dalai Lama. And as soon as you know, our episode didn't even get didn't even get cold yet. And uh, you know, the morning after we record, we got a big deal with uh, 
big big mate long term deal happening there with one of the former uh, World Series uh, Cubs players there, and I'll, I'll I'm teeing Frank up on that. So tapping on the dollar level, lots happening in baseball. It's been a week since we recorded, but with it with the new the new season upon us, a lot of big names are on the move. Yeah, Bronson. So uh, spring training is kicked off, and you know, grapefruit and cactus league schedules are underway. You're starting to see the Pirates take on some teams, and so far doing pretty well. But yeah, what the the storyline for baseball the last week or so after the the lockout ended was, you know, some of these, you know, big name free agents still on the list. And you know, we we closed out last episode giving you the six or seven that are still out there. And yeah, you know, right after our show aired, of course. Uh, we we missed it by a day or so. The 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 big fish finally lands, and uh, it's Freddie Freeman. And we had we had talked about how Matt Olson was brought into the Braves, pretty much signaling the Freeman era would be over, um, and, and kind of handled poorly by the Braves. Freddie Freeman fr- found out um, with all, the, the rest of us. Uh, Alex Anthopoulos, who you and I both like. Um, didn't didn't even call Freddie to say, hey, we're going we're going with Matt Olson. You know, no. we're not going to be able to get something done. We wish you the best. Um, Freddie Freeman found out with everybody else that, that Matt Olson was acquired by the Braves. So he figured at that point he was done um, and, and could have his agent. And, you know, I believe Scott Boris, um, of course, uh, focus on talking, to, <laughs> talking to other teams. Pretty much knew it was going to be Boston, New York Yankees or the Dodgers. Um, you know, the three big heavy hitters that could afford them that that are ready to win now. And, uh, you know, it, it ended up being, of course, the L.A. Dodgers who have become the, you know, the evil empire West, if you will. Um, <laughs> they're the team that just has all the money in the world to spend. They did get their World Series title. Um, you know, they lost it two years in a row and then they finally won it against the Rays in the covid year in the bubble. Um, and now they just add just a bona fide superstar, six years, 162, uh, 162 million, um, something, you know, 30 something, 32 million per average annual value. Freeman will be 39 at the end of it, but uh, still playing really well. He had, they have the option to DH him now in the National That's League. It'll get him off his feet, you know, every year, you know, 15, 20 games. I'd DH him. Then towards the end of that contract, he can DH a lot more. So, Still a great defensive first baseman, of course, a great locker room leader. He's instantly going to be the leader of that team. With Corey Seager gone, he just takes on number five and takes on that leadership role. You know, they got guys there, of course, that have won it all, like, you know, Turner and Bellinger and Chris Taylor. So they have the veterans there. But Freeman, you know, also with the ring comes in with that uh, just that mentality that he's going to, I think, be right away the leader of that team. And Boy, the uh, the Dodgers just get better. The rich get richer. Um, they just you know have to be one of the odds-on favorites to to go to the World Series, if not win it again. Um, so that was that was the big one. And then we saw some of the dominoes fall, like we did in football. And I'll let you get it on Freeman in a little bit here, Bronson. But um, yeah. just just to announce some of the other big-ish signings. Uh, the Phillies, you know, Bryce Harper was public and said, we got to add to our team. And he says, you know, I'm confident in, in Dombo, which is Dave Dombrowski, you know, longtime GM there. Uh, uh, he said he's confident that Dombo will get something done, kind of putting some pressure on him. Uh, day later, they get Nick Castellanos and uh, Kyle Schwarber. 
So two big bats. Schwarber can DH now in the National League and play some first base, some outfield. But Castellanos um, goes right into that outfield with with Harper. Um, Castellanos in left, Harper in right. Um, two middle of the lineup power bats. You instantly add 60 to 70 homers and 150 to 200 RBIs to your lineup. What a big day that was for the Phillies as they got to compete in that AL NL East with the defending champion Braves, um, the Mets who loaded up, of course, with Scherzer and Starling Marte and Mark Canna and, um, and, you know, of course, having DeGrom. Um, and, you know, the Marlins got better. They got Jorge Soler, World Series yeah. MVP, I believe he was. Um, and uh, Jacob Stallings from the Pirates, a pretty good catcher. Marlins are trying to win, I think, uh, sooner than later on this rebuild. And then, you know, the Nats kind of, after winning it all, they're starting to rebuild again. Juan Soto is pretty much all they got. Um, they did bring in the boomstick Nelson Cruz because um, he can DH in the NL now. But I think they're looking to flip him at the deadline, you know, talking about f- like like the Blackhawks did. Um, I think Nelson Cruz is a, is a deadline flip. But, um, yeah, that, that NL East is tough, and uh, the Phillies get right back into the thick of things. They're bolstering that bullpen, which has been their, their Achilles heel for the last couple of years. Um, and, and now the, yeah, the Castellanos and Schwarber signings are huge. Then Bronson, I want to say, I think you texted me breaking me this news. Um, the other big name, Trevor Story to the Red Sox. Um, the shortstop from Colorado, some think the best shortstop in the game. Um, unrestricted free agent signs in Boston. So, you know, Boston missing out on on Freeman, um, you know, some of the others. They bring in Story. And this, this move, and I kind of said this to you, kind of marks the end of the Bogarts era most likely. Um, they will coexist for one year, which bumps Trevor Story to second base. But a lot of people think Bogarts, for whatever reason, does not want to play long term in Boston and, and is going to choose to walk after this year and chase big money elsewhere. So Trevor Story is then building the slide right into shortstop. So they will have to play together one year, and Story's going to have to suck it up and play second base, you know, or you DH Bogarts and let Story play some short once in a while. But yeah, that's a big move. And, um, you know, Boston right there again in that tough AL East, adding a big bat, Trevor Story. Um, and then Bronson, I think. Well, after, I have a question uh, here for you. That was oh, one more uh, one more big move to announce before that. It was uh, it, um, Carlos Correa to the Twins, which was a sneaky one. Everybody yeah. had him going back to Houston, maybe going to the Yankees. Um but no, Carlos Correa to the Minnesota Twins. So they're 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 ju- jump starting that rebuild quick and trying to start being yeah. buyers. So with your your boy Gary Sanchez there now, yeah. um, they're instantly kind of a contender in that week AL Central. So sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. And uh, you didn't cover this. I think you should, in your baseball mind, you think it's old news, but it actually came the day after we 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 went to went to press pretty much. Um, and that's the the contract that Chris Bryan got with the Rockies. So I'm sitting here and I'm taking this back. Right, so right. I see the I see the contract with the Rockies that Chris Bryan got. And then I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, like they can't afford Trevor Story. They can't afford Nolan, Nolan Arenado because they they shipped him to the, to the Cardinals. But yet you unload the Brinks truck for Chris Bryan. Really I strange. Don't... I told you that too in a text. I'm like, what? Yeah. A, he's it's only about yeah. I mean the term was long on Arenado, but per year Arenado is only going to make about seven or eight million more. 
than Bryant. So I didn't understand that either. Like, why can't you pay story? Why can't you pay her on auto? I think those two guys just didn't like it there. They just didn't yeah. like that. There's a, not I mean, it's the truth. Yeah. There's not a winning culture there. I don't know what Bryant thinks. You know, Bryant's from Las Vegas. So maybe that was, you know, a proximity to home. Um, but yeah, really strange. Colorado like goes from being sellers and, and not wanting to sign their stars to bringing in a star. It, it kind of gives me hope, even though it's never going to happen with nutting, um, Bob nutting. But like, if the Rockies can sign a big, you know, star, why not the Pirates someday? Yeah. But and not then, with, not until Bob nutting's kicked out. Hopefully, <laughs> kicked out. And then my boy Anthony Rizzo stayed with the Yankees. I saw. Yeah, I like that. Yep, he he re up there with the Yankees. He, he seems like a New York Yankee, just that you know, that Italian Rizzo, boy Yankee. Yeah. So. <laughs> Put put a put a U and a T in there. See a Rizzuto, right? right. <laughs> like <Phil> Rizzuto. <laughs> Holy cow! So, yeah, that's that's been all the, the the big ones, Bronson. Now, like most of the dominoes have fallen. Now, there's really not many big stars out there. Um, you'll see guys. You'll see some old veterans sign some minor league deals and hop on with teams to try to make it north, um, or, or go to AAA and try to make some teams with injuries. But yeah, really exciting. The last couple of days has kind of been like a a giddy trade deadline day for me, just seeing all the big guys go. And, you know, I, of course, as a sports video game nerd and, and, and being too cheap to buy the new game, went in and did all the all the uh, signings and trades in MLB The Show 20. I am not going to buy the Shohei Otani edition um, as tempting as it is. Um, I'm not going to drop 60 bucks on a new game where I can pretty much, yeah. uh, pretty much fix the rosters. The only thing, Bronson, is there's not going to be the DH in the game. Um, for the National League, so that bugs me. But um, I'm gonna—I I went in and did all the trades and all the signings, and then I'll be the show. It took me a couple hours. I will probably get the new game, but I won't get it as soon as it comes out. I'll probably chill a little bit on it because I do want the Shohei Otani cover. Now, last year they had the Jackie Robinson edition. We get like a hat. You yeah. Get the steel. You get the steel. You get the steel case with the with the the elaborate plastic uh, case or whatever. And then you got like the, I guess, you know, the road to the show points, whatever. This year they're not doing nearly as much. You just get like the, the in-game credits for the, the the MVP edition. So yeah. like I said, I'll probably chill a little bit. I will get it eventually. But like you said, I'll, I, I, and what, and like you said, a lot of these sports games are now, you know, which is kind of helping us is that the, the community creation. Roster so sharing, like, right. Yeah. I, so I like you don't need continues. to get the new game. I bet and you that, that EA Sports cuts that off at some point because there are nerds bigger than us that really fix them. And like right yeah. now, for instance, Madden 20, I'm really hopeful that somebody's doing all the trades because I don't want to go buy 21 or 22, let alone 23. Um, I might be able to go out and get Madden 21 pretty cheap because it's going to be two years old. And I then, have Matt, I got Madden 21 because I was at work and saw it clearance at Walmart and it was like for like. Like it was like for twelve dollars and something. Yeah, bought. if I can see Madden twenty one for ten bucks, let me know if they're still doing roster shares on that because yeah. I, I might pick it up on eBay. Same, because I want to. I need the new jerseys. What I'm struggling with in Madden twenty is the Falcons jersey and the Rams jerseys yeah. on, the, on the game. Yeah. So um, I had, hockey, to, I had to put the Rams. I, I sorry, I had to put the Rams in the old like Kurt Warner ninety nine blue and oh, yellow yeah. to kind of match the American it. Underdog. Yeah, which I still get to watch. I I actually bought it, but I've yet to watch it. Oh, uh, me neither. Yeah, that's one I want to see. Um, and then like hockey wise, 
uh, I did get the new one because of the Kraken being in it, but that, yeah. I mean, I like, but I probably won't get to 23, Me you know, unless yeah. they really significantly improve it. Um, but no, I, I'm with you 100%, Frank. Yeah, I'll probably get the new show, but I'll probably get it when it's like cheap. I'll, I'll chill on it. I still have last year's game because, like you said, I'm an Xbox guy and they just converted it to now it could come out on Xbox. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll chill a little bit on Shohei Otani. We are the one at least right now. But that's that's it for baseball uh, with the signings. Uh, we, we'll be if we meet together in two weeks. Um, we're gonna have to try to get Barnes here because we're gonna need a pirate and MLB preview. So start talking to him. I know you said he works Tuesday nights. Um, maybe there's a way we can get together on Sunday the third, Bronson, um, and do an episode. Yeah. If if Barnes can do Sunday the third. Um, we can even preview the, the, the final game in, in college okay. basketball, which will be the next night, and then do a baseball preview. I have Sundays free, and I know Ryan's off on Sunday, so yeah. we might be able to squeeze, even if we get a little bit of a mini show. And I have, I have my fantasy baseball draft that afternoon, so I can talk about my team. Um, yeah. So it, it's a possibility for our next episode to be April 3rd, but we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll he has, st- stay tuned. He, Ryan has Ryan has asked to be back on the show. He's been he has been wanting to be back on. So okay. uh, we'll, we'll get we we'll have to give him what he wants there. But uh, and yeah. So. Since I since I kind of am out of breath after MLB talk, Bronson, um, I will let you start our final thoughts. And uh, this episode we are keeping pretty, you know, keeping it under under wraps here. We're we're not at the two hour mark yet. So, Bronson, you're up first, unless you're trying to cue up some audio. But um, I I am. I'm efforting. Hold on one second. I'll, I'll stall for Bronson. Our final <laughs> thoughts tonight are just going to be, I think Bronson's going to get us into some wrestling talk and um, WrestleMania is coming. It's uh, I believe in the next couple of weeks. So Bronson's going to um, preview WrestleMania a little bit. I know some big matches are coming there. We saw the Royal rumble uh, a few months ago where Brock Lesnar came out kind of surprisingly and um, you know, took, took home the Royal rumble, getting him that title match at WrestleMania. I'm excited as a peacock, uh, you know, getting uh, a subscription to Peacock for free through my Comcast package. I'll be probably hopefully tuning into WrestleMania. Um, yeah. But Bronson is going to get us ready with his final thoughts. Yeah. About it's funny because because uh, I'll get into it, but I, ha- I had to lead in with, with the greatest music of all time. You got to kick in with the old WrestleMania theme song. <laughs> The old like eighty style wrestling. Do you know then, the, the? Do you know real quick the um the Full House episode that incorrectly says WrestleMania was in Pittsburgh? Did you yeah, see that on. one? Yes. Listen, <laughs> only a nerd like me hears Kimmy Gibbler. I think I, we I, we would actually brought up on the show too. Kimmy yeah, Gibbler said I she went we to WrestleMania Five in Pittsburgh, which is incorrect <laughs> because WrestleMania Five was held at Atlantic City at the Trump Plaza <laughs> Hotel, and it was never in Pittsburgh, right? No, WrestleMania was yeah. never. I don't think it'll ever be in Pittsburgh unless Not they a can big like, enough market. Yeah, it's got to be like a super major market. Yeah, uh, but no, I, it's, I don't know why I thought of that. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. No, because like, and it's funny because if you, I don't know if you know this, but if you IMDb the specific episode that Kimmy says it, it does say in the goofs that mm. WrestleMania Five was never held in Pittsburgh. Nice, nice. In, in, in Lake City. Glad somebody else caught it. And they were saying, and they were saying, if Kimmy Gibbler went to WrestleMania in Pittsburgh, how could she have made it to Pittsburgh and then back to, back to uh, <laughs> San Francisco in like such a short time? Or <laughs> she'd have had to take like the red eye or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, Frank, uh, I had to chip in my, um, I had to chip in my, get my voice 
ready to go here because I got to channel in uh, the chairman of the board, uh, the guy who had a great interview with Pat McAfee, by the way, a couple weeks ago. It's always time this year, Frank, for WrestleMania. <laughs> nah, no, Frank, it's it's WrestleMania time, baby. You got to get pumped. The, the card's getting bigger. They haven't announced which nights some of the matches are going to be. Although I have a good, I think I have a good idea of what's what's going to take place there. But um, no, Vince, you know, Vinny Mac, he's he's getting the show ready for Wrestle for the biggest spectacle. Uh, you know, basically outside the Super Bowl, I think is, is WrestleMania. Um. And uh, he was on Pat McAfee's show. I don't know if I mentioned it. Uh, McAfee did an hour and a half interview with him, Frank. And for anyone who's ever even curious about the lifestyle of Vince McMahon or what, how he feels about things, it's a great interview. And McAfee, you know, I've kind of picked on him about his journalistic integrity, but he really gets a great interview out of Vince McMahon. Kind of like a, you know, a, what do I want to say, a, you know, like an like a intimate kind of like, you know, Vince kind of really bears his soul a little bit over like how he feels on life and how he's a positive person. He doesn't like negativity and things like that. Um, so no, it's a it's a great interview. If you if you even like Vince McMahon, even Wine Iota, it's worth the interview uh, with Pat McAfee. Speaking of which, Pat McAfee during that episode was offered by the chairman of the board, Mister McMahon, Vince McMahon, a match at WrestleMania, and actually he's going to wrestle or at least maybe fight or whoever Austin Theory. They're doing this angle on TV, Frank, where Austin Theory is kind of using Vince McMahon as a mentor, taking advice from him. He goes to his office and talks to him and things like that. And so Vince told him to make an impact, so he went out and challenged Pat McAfee to a match at WrestleMania. Uh, they've been doing this little angle where, uh, you know, Pat McAfee is a, a color, you know, color analyst for uh, WWE SmackDown on Fox, and uh, and Austin Theory's been kind of picking at him, and McAfee's been beating him up, so. Uh, this past week on Raw, McAfee was informed that he had to apologize to Austin Theory, uh, or he would lose his uh, his spot as a color analyst. And McAfee apologized to him. He said he was he, he to quote he said I apologize for beating your ass, and I apologize for beating you up like a bleep. Um, rhymes with which, and uh, and uh, you know it was a, 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 a a apology enough that theory had to accept it. So uh, whatever. So that's the rivalry. They're kind of like, you know, kind of irking each other for this match at WrestleMania. So you're going to have that Frank, you're going to have the celebrity uh, influx of WrestleMania. You're going to have uh, Johnny Knoxville of jackass fame. He was at the Royal rumble, but he's not done yet with WWE. He's going to face Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. Um, I, I, I clearly expect chaos to ensue with that. Um, Jake Paul, Frank, you know, Jake Paul, the, the celebrity boxing guy, him and his brother, uh, uh, Logan Paul, but Jake Paul is going to, I think it's Jake Paul or maybe Logan Paul, actually Logan Paul is teaming with the Miz to take on Rey Mysterio and his son, Dominic, um, Charlotte Flair is defending the, the SmackDown women's title against Ronda Rousey. I fully Frank expect that to, uh, main event the first night of WrestleMania. Um, you're going to have, uh. I mean, so this will be Edge, uh, Edge, the Rated R superstar, going to take on AJ Styles. Um, Kevin Owens uh, is going to have the KO show. He's going to invite Stone Cold Steve Austin. Frank, we've been kind of teasing the last couple episodes that WWE has been trying to get Steve Austin back in the ring for a wrestling match. Um, Stone Cold pretty much said, you know, if he'd give me, you know, six months or eight months or a year heads up, I could have trained and gotten shape for a wrestling match. But he gave it to me on such short notice, you know. Yeah, I can't risk my health with such short training. You know, you, you know the training you have to be to get in the ring. 
And so he's going to do, he, he'll basically just give Kevin Owens a stunner and toast a few, you know, Steve Weisers or he has an IPA now called Steve Austin's Broken Skull Beer or whatever. I'm sure they'll promote that. But, um, but uh, he was on Rich Eisen last week to uh, Frankie and he, he looked, he looked pretty jacked up. So whatever uh, training he has put into uh be able to handle a uh, ring uh, in-ring confrontation with Kevin Owens. I saw he has a podcast too, so he's a colleague of ours now. Uh, oh, had, oh, God! Steve Austin's had a podcast for has he? God, going on he had, ten years now. He me. had Kevin Nash on it. Uh, like I told you, I'd just been getting into watching some, some old well, wrestling Ken, well, stuff. Steve has the WWE Network, the Broken Skull Sessions, mm-hmm. but he's done the Steve Austin show. He's done many inflexations of his podcast, and it's cool because you see him kind of like how you wouldn't really, you know, get to know him. He always calls his podcast the, the podcast for the working man. You know, see, he likes to make it blue collar. But yeah, he has wrestlers on. He sets celebrities on there. Um, but yeah, the one with Nash was really good. He had one with Flair, with Foley, with Randy Orton, with Chris. The Chris Jericho one was controversial since Jericho works for AEW. So it was kind of weird. You know, the guy for, who works for another company was on a WWE show podcast with Steve Austin. But Jericho has enough clout with WWE, you know, to be a legend there to kind of merit that. But no, Frank, Steve Austin's done really well since he retired from wrestling in 2003. You know, he has the reality shows on CMT in USA, the Steve Austin Broken Skull Challenge, kind of like a redneck survivor kind of thing. He did Tough Enough a couple years ago for WWE. And, you know, he finds his way. He's been making, you know, like B-level, C-level movies. So Steve Austin, I mean, he stayed pretty, you know, you know the, the cold call commercials with Matt Ryan and Ice-T, which I think they're going to have to update now that he's an Indianapolis Colts. So I wonder if they'll, you'll see a blue jersey on Matt Ryan and the uh, the new Tide commercials or not or whatever. But, but no, Steve Austin, you know, you, know you, you have to admit this too, Frank. You know, Steve Austin has just become such a – he's become such a uh, – a pop culture phenomenon you know he's more than just a wrestler now it's a pop culture phenomenon he knows anyone who's anyone knows who steve austin is so WWE really was trying to bring him back in to try to boost ticket sales because you know now they've done the two nights at wrestlemania frank they've kind of forced people to buy you know tickets for two nights and you know they, they aren't in danger of having a low sell but i know vince mcmahon and, and WWE they want to they want to fill. They want to sell the place out both nights. So, trying to bring Steve Austin in, uh, like I said, he'll just do a confrontation there, Frank. Um, you're gonna have, um, but the main event, the, the big one, we're uh, gonna have Becky Lynch defending the WWE Raw Women's Title against uh, Bianca Belair. You're gonna have um, Finn Balor defending the U.S. Title against, uh, um, oh, um, Damian Priest, uh, formerly Punishment Martinez in Ring of Honor. And the, and I'm sure I'm skipping some I'm sure I'm sure I'm skipping some matches, but those are the ones I'm thinking about. In the main event, Frank, it is title for title. The Raw or the WWE champion Brock Lesnar faces the WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns, the head of the table, the Tribal Chief. Paul Heyman is is Roman Reigns's heel. You know, Roman Reigns' heel. Paul Heyman, who used to be Brock Lesnar's agent, is now with Roman Reigns. Um, so the winner is going to get both titles, Frank. They're going to unite the titles. And they built that up. Seth Rollins will probably have a WrestleMania thing. He's been kind of they've been kind of doing this angle where he's kind of like looking for his quote WrestleMania moment, and he, he keeps getting denied every week. So, the big rumor on the tea leaves, frankly, the dirt sheets, is that um, former AEW TNT champion and former AEW CEO Cody Rhodes, who just announced, we found out last week officially has signed with WWE. 
A lot of people think that he'll be a surprise appearance at WrestleMania. He will announce he will make his WWE return to WrestleMania and face Seth Rollins. Because even when he's coming out to the ring now, the, the fans are chanting Cody, Cody. So, you know, that's kind of the things I kind of hate about wrestling now, Frank. And I'll go on that in a second. But yeah, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, I think is going to main event night one or night two. I'm sorry. The title for title main events night two. That sends WrestleMania off. But Saturday night, I think Charlotte and Ronda Rousey main event night one. So, um, night and then Lesnar reigns main event night two. It's a huge thing, Frank. I was always big on them since the COVID WrestleMania. The two nights seemed cool, but now that it's kind of had its course for a couple years now, I kind of feel like now they're just doing this now to that so that every like WWE wrestler gets a WrestleMania match. And it's like, you know, not everyone gets to make you know, not everyone gets to make you know the Stanley Cup. Not everyone gets to make the All Star Game. You know, maybe go back to one night and you know, if you don't make WrestleMania, you don't make WrestleMania, Frank. If you're not interesting enough to be on the, the one night of WrestleMania, then you're just not worthy of being on WrestleMania. I'm sorry. You know, I, I know that the the guys and gals of the locker room don't want to hear me say that, but I'm sorry. But it's like the two night thing was cool for a while, but now you're just making matches just to make matches. And, um, you know, there's only a couple of matches I'm really looking forward to. But like you said, you know, the cool thing about WrestleMania, Frank, is it is on Peacock. So if you have Peacock, you can get it for free. I am sure you'll you'll be dialed in, you know, whatever night, if not both nights. Um, our good buddy Matt Clark actually messaged me the other night about what he should be looking for for WrestleMania because he's like, hey, I found out I have Peacock. I can get WrestleMania, right? I don't, I don't have to pay for it. I'm like, no, it's free. He's like, oh, dude, I'm going to be in. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check it out. So so to let you people know, yes, if you have Peacock, the streaming service, it's not like ESPN Plus where you still have to pay for the UFC pay-per-view. If you have Peacock streaming service, you do get WrestleMania for free. And it's worth checking out. Like I said, uh, I'm looking forward to a couple matches, but we'll see what happens. And uh, But no, I'm, I mean, like I've, I've, I've kind of already said my piece about the, the two nights of WrestleMania. The other thing is, too, Frank, we grew up – I know you and I grew up as wrestling fans during the Monday Night Wars, WCW versus WWE. And it was cool because you could see, you know, on TV, you know, a surprise appearance or something coming out of nowhere, something you didn't see coming. And, uh, you know, like – that's what makes wrestling so great. That's what made you feel young again to see like a guy coming from another organization and you didn't know about it. But now just with dirt sheets and just the internet now increased now, Frank, by social media, it's like the Monday night wars would have never happened now because we just like, we get tipped off of who's signing where now we have it. Now wrestling has its own, you know, you know, insiders, you know, your Shefty or your Morton, whoever the wrestling has those now. And they kind of report where people sign now. So now it's like, we know, we know Cody signed with WWE. So now like when he does appear, it'll be cool, but it won't be nearly like as surprising as like when Lex Luger debuted on nitro, when people thought he was with WWF still, or when razor Ramon came down the, 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 the crowd and, you know, did the takeover, which eventually led to the NWO. It, we'll never see that again because now the internet and social media tips us off now that error that that like blindside surprise will will never happen now because of that so but no i'm excited wrestlemania no matter how you feel about wb's creative product and i know i've been kind of critical of it um but wrestlemania is always a huge event frank and uh it's going to be at, at uh, at&t stadium both nights jerry world i think next year it's going to be at uh sofi but this year it's at jerry world and and i'm sure steve Austin will get a big pop i'm sure i'm sure it'll be a great event and uh I have friends that are going to be going there, and um, I hope they do well, Frank. I hope they have a good time, Frank. I, on the other hand, there is a go-home show to WrestleMania this next Monday on Raw. There's Raw and SmackDown before next the WrestleMania. And Monday Night Raw is in Pittsburgh at PPG Paints Arena. Yours truly, Bronson Edward Allman, will be in attendance. Uh, so I will be there live. So next time, we, whenever we do record, I will give you my live 
wrestling experience of how that went. So Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar are going to be in the house. Those are my boys. So I'm going to check in on that. Pat McAfee, you know, I, you know, I'm a huge McAfee guy, Frank. Uh, I'll be looking forward to that too. So now um, I'm sure I'm going to get your reaction here in a second, but just quickly, I'm not, I'm not going to waste any more time. Just a NASCAR update. They did uh, race the, uh, the new, the newly paved Atlanta track, Frank. And you used to actually, uh, have to use uh lay off the throttle when you ran that track kevin harvick was really good there he won a bunch of races there kyle bush has always been good there but the repaving of the track frank led means that as of right now you could pretty much run the track flat out so what became a normal uh mile and a half track has now pretty much become like another daytona it was a lot of follow the pack racing a lot of follow the leader racing not as many big ones i think guys were a little more calculated and careful there was a couple wrecks but when all is said and done frank your other guy William Byron, the Liberty University number 24 Chevy Camaro, found his third career NASCAR uh, victory lane uh, appearance. So congrats to Willie B. They call him Willie B in the NASCAR series. So Willie B with his third career NASCAR Cup win, getting Liberty University in victory lane. You know, thought maybe Malik Willis would show up or something and have wear the, <laughs> wear the team suit and the, the team garb or whatever. But, uh, yeah, Willie B getting into victory lane, though, Frank. And then that's all I have for the – thanks for allowing me to do the wrestling uh, rant there no that's fun this is always a great time of year with wrestlemania to get ready and i just realized that we were talking to you kick around april 3rd that's the day of wrestlemania so we won't be, we won't be able to record that night but uh, oh yeah we couldn't do it at night but during, if you're free during the afternoon we mid, could. yeah middle of the day after my maybe after my draft before wrestlemania we'll have to see or potentially yeah. saturday night the second if, if we can all get yeah. Sounds like a good card And um, I know the Ronda Rousey Charlotte Flair match is going to be good And pretty great to see the You know the divas the women You know having one of the bigger matches And Lesnar Roman Reigns Huge looking forward to that and then seeing Austin Return so I can't. If you're a fan of the Attitude Era, you're definitely gonna like. You know, it's gonna end. Stone Cold's gonna stun a bunch of people, drink beer, and yeah, whatever we know, he's good. For I uh, I look forward to you know the episode after too, where you break down all the matches too. So that's that's something down the pike. But no, then, Bronson, then, uh, not to cut uh, you off again, but uh, and then it's always good too when people forget about WrestleMania. Is that the Monday Night Raw the night after? That's always a really good episode because. Like WrestleMania is kind of like the season finale of WWE. Yeah. So then the Raw after is always like like the the season premiere, like the new uh-huh. season. So you get like guys who have you haven't seen in ten like a, a, a debut guy or a returning mm-hmm. guy or a surprise. So that day after is always a big day too. And if Cody Rhodes doesn't appear on Raw or WrestleMania, he'll probably appear on Raw the next night. So right. stay tuned. So my final thought, Bronson, is going to be something off the off the map a little bit. I don't get to talk about it often, but it's my my passion, my my favorite sport to play, and that's tennis. Um, you know, much much chronicle that the American men have had kind of a two decade drought. You know, in this big three era of Djokovic, Federer, and Nadal, um, with Andy Murray sprinkled in there as a big four. Um, you know, the, they have just, you know, been a vacuum and sucked up all the majors and, and men's tennis, um, you know, of the of the 80 majors since since 2000 or so. You know, I don't have the perfect stat in front of me, but 60, uh, 61 have been won by those three. 70, uh, close to 70 have been won by Federer, Djokovic, Nadal, Murray, Warinka, who who's won three. Yeah, so pretty much the sport and the men's sport dominated by the same couple of guys and the American men since Andy Roddick have not sniffed, you know, greatness. 
um, haven't been in the top 10, um, haven't won a major, haven't won many tournaments. Uh, you've, you've heard of guys like John Isner, the big tall guy that can serve, Sam Query. Um, you had Roddick and James Blake. Marty Fish was one. Um, but finally, Bronson, we're seeing a breakthrough maybe. Um, the latest tournament at Indian Wells in California, it's, it's kind of like the fifth major. A lot of people call it. It's kind of like the real, it's a really big tournament out in California. And, uh, we had four American men make the, the round of 16 and, uh, at tournaments end, we have seven American men in the top 50. Um, and I was at, happened to be flipping around Sunday with not much on and caught the final at Indian Wells where one of the young up and coming Americans, Taylor Fritz, uh, was able to take out all-time great Rafa Nadal in, in straight sets. Uh, so maybe a star is born with the, the youngster. I think he's like 24, Taylor Fritz, um, you know, a guy that the camera loves. Um, he's a good-looking young kid that's ready to burst onto the scene. There's others like Jensen Brooksby, um, Riley Apelka, um, who's a six foot eleven guy like Isner, big server, and then Sebastian Corda. Um, who many think might be a top five player come, you know, pretty soon. So um, he's actually a younger brother of uh, two two pro golfers um, on the women's side. So good bloodlines there. But um, just just happy to see that there's, you know, six or seven American men knocking on the door finally as this big three era seemingly comes to an end soon. Um, Nadal announced today that he's out six weeks with an injury after that match. Um, he should be back for the French Open. Um, Roger Federer is still rehabbing knee surgery. He is circling Wimbledon for his return. That's his favorite tournament. He's won it eight times. Um, and then Novak Djokovic, the younger of the three, um, obviously right now with the, the vaccine issue, he he's not been, been able to play in any majors yet. Um, and, and might not get to play in any of this year because of the va- vaccination status. We'll see with hopefully COVID numbers start to go down as they are. Um, those restrictions go away and he'll be able to play in, in the, at the French and at Wimbledon and at the U.S. Open in New York. New York has some of the strictest uh, guidelines. As you know, Kyrie Irving can't play home games. And some of the Yankees and Mets players that aren't vaccinated aren't going to be able to play home games. So that's something to look out for. Has did you see today, not to cut you off, but did you Go see ahead. that uh, if teams going into Toronto, if you're not vaccinated, they're going to have to quarantine and stuff. So that's right. going to stop teams from going into Toronto. But yeah. it's actually, but um, uh, I'm sorry, I hate to break your ear. No, your, I, I'll open. pick it back up. Hold on. Oh, no. I muted the thing. <laughs> Oh, wow. Another 11 o'clock at night. Another, now, this uh, may not be breaking news. You may already know this. Um, uh, Ash Barty retires from tennis at age 25. I only saw it. It broke last half hour. I saw it on my phone pop up. Yes. Yeah, so some more tennis news. Um, the top player in the women's game at only 25 years old hangs up the racket. She's won $23 million in her career. Three Grand Slam titles. Retires on top. I have a feeling we'll see her again, Bronson. A lot of times players will come out of retirement. We saw Justine Henna um, retire for a few years, Martina Hingis, um, Jennifer Capriotti. A lot of these top players on the women's side take take hiatuses, announce retirements, and you may see her again. If not, though, great career, even though it's uh, you know cut short. She, she goes out on her terms. Um, she's not injured or anything. She, she's still playing at number one level. 
Um, so yeah, that's that's it's big news in the in the women's tennis world as uh, a lot of the other players are probably chomping at the bit now to get that number one ranking as uh, Ash Barty kind of shocks the tennis world and retires. Yeah, so thanks for breaking that. I did see that pop on my phone earlier, and it's kind of fitting as I'm in a tennis segment. But just to wrap up my talk on the American men, though, Bronson, I do hope that one of those six or seven that I mentioned, um, if it's just one of them, maybe takes the reins and gets into the top five. Heaven forbid, reach number one. We haven't seen that since Andy Roddick 20 years ago. So kind of encouraged by Taylor Fritz's performance uh, Sunday at Indian Wells and some of these other guys going further in tournaments. Even Francis Tiafo we saw go. He's not one of those men in the top 50 uh, yet. But uh, – or he might be one of the seven in the top 50. I think he's around 50. Um, we saw him get to the, the the sweet 16 at the U.S. Open, you know, the round of 16 with a good run there, taking out Rublev in one of those epic night matches. He's a crowd pleaser, too. I love watching Tiafo play. So strength in numbers, six or seven guys. Um, if a couple of them, you know, can can hit big, they're all in their, their lower to mid-20s. Um, starting to reach their prime. So hopefully if we, you know, not that I'm hoping for Federer or Djokovic and Nadal to retire, but if these guys do kind of finally step away, that, that big void will be left where, you know, somebody has to step in. Now, some of the players poised to take over that are your Stefano Tsitsipas, Andre Rublev, um, Daniil Medvedev, who's already reached number one in the world now. Um they're, those are the guys that are in the top five that are, you know, Alexander Zverev. Um, they're they're ready. Gregor Dimitrov is another. Um, they're already right there. But hopefully these these uh, this crop of talented young Americans can challenge those guys and uh, and and finally bring a major back to uh, back to the U.S. It's been since the the 2003 U.S. Open since an American man has uh, has lifted a major trophy. So. Encouraged by what happened in Indian Wells, and we'll see what goes now. And the clay court season's about to begin, so put that on pause because American men typically don't do well on clay. But uh, <laughs> we'll we'll keep an eye on a lot of these guys I mentioned at Wimbledon and the summer tour. You know, the big tournament in Cincinnati, which I've been to three or four times. Um, these guys will be there, um, and then and then U.S. Open is when a lot of Americans you know come to shine. That's their home tournament. And you see a lot of you see a lot of Cinderella stories, like I said, Tiafo last year. So hopefully, uh, towards the end of the tennis season, I, I'll follow it on this show for everyone. But uh, maybe we get an American man into a into a quarterfinal and maybe a semifinal at a major, and start knocking on that door. So glad I had the chance tonight. I didn't have another final thought, so I thought I'd take the chance to to talk some tennis. I'm glad you were able to do that, frankly. It was funny because my mom and I were talking too. Because you know, my mom will like mention your mom once in a while. Yeah. And she's like, like, you know, much stuff. She's like, oh, that's something that Frankie's mom does. And she just like, you know, mm-hmm. she mentioned tennis. And I was like, I was like, oh yeah, their whole family's into tennis. It's yeah. Like, for those of you who don't know, they actually were coworkers for several years at, at, at McGuire. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, so my mom will always asks how your mom's doing or things like that. Like she'll say, oh, I ran into Kimmy or something. Right. Like that, or she'll say something. But, cool. but no, yeah, I, I told her. I said that's 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 what they're into. I said. I said tennis is you know tennis is 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 and that's their their passion. And tennis is you know I've uh, I don't know if I've ever said this to you. I think I mentioned I played a I played like a match here and there. Like um, Ryan's brother Matt played a lot. Matt Barnes played a lot of tennis. So a lot of times, a couple of times uh, I borrowed a racket, went down and played a couple of times, and it's no joke. I mean, it really is. I've, uh, the fact that I even got like a 
like I, I like I registered points was like uh, enough for me. Like I like I I'm really not good at it, but I I got the hang of it as like the more I played, I got the hang of it a little bit. But obviously, I lost the athleticism. Like you know, I, you know, maybe I'd be okay in a in a in a, in a doubles, you know, set. Yeah, set to move Probably have much, to cover yeah. one quadrant of the court, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's definitely uh, no, no joke. Yeah. Yeah, it's no joke, and and that I never, uh, I've never made fun of tennis. I've never, it's it's a tremendous athletic uh, contest, and I try to pay attention to it more to kind of like feel like I know what I'm talking to you. The show, like, mm-hmm. like I only know, like I, if it's not like Djokovic or or, or Federer or you know or Nadal or like Serena Williams, and then like obviously Naomi Osaka, I'm learning more about her yeah. now too. I knew about Roddick and Andy Murray and those other guys. Rock's always I think he's always kind of a know more for what happens off the court with him with who he's dating or married or <laughs> et cetera than he is. You know, he really he was really a guy that was supposed to really you know, not to use a wrestling metaphor, but grab grab the brass swing and he never really kind of did that, you know. That no let's say he's a bad player. He was a good player, but I think he he was projected to do great just gym. just at the wrong time with those other big three all time greats. So. Yeah. Well, that's like that's like why I've always been a proponent of Drew Bledsoe getting the, the NFL or the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's like he put up great numbers too, but he just happened to put them up the era of you know Elway, Favre, and Steve Young, Favre, and yeah. Aikman, and you know, yeah, right. he was kind of like the other guy where you know if he'd have played in any other era, even in this era, you know, those numbers he still would have been fine. He'd been one of you know, one of the greats, but uh, but no, and like I said, I I try to pay attention every time you talk, Frank, and I like. Mm-hmm. You know, I know the U.S. Open. You know, I try. You know, the clay. You know, was it, is it Nadal or Djokovic? He's like he's the clay specialist. Like he never loses on clay. Nadal, yeah, he's won yeah, Nadal, 13, I thought it was Nadal. thirteen French Opens, going for number fourteen this year. Yeah, yeah, and it's like you know, you, you have your, you know, you have your clay, you have your, you know, whatever, you know, the grass surface or you know, different things they have. But, but um, oh, I, 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 for, I tennis story. I didn't know how I, I didn't recognize this. I got to bring it up before we go off the air. Yeah, hold on. I saw this on Twitter, and I know it's not really a tennis thing, but uh, it was. Um, I'm looking it up right now. Um, uh, the heckler with Nick uh, Kyrgios. Kyrgios. Yeah. <laughs> he's the a. Guy, uh... The guy heckled him, and I guess Ben Stiller and his wife were in the crowd, and the guy's like, he's like, yeah, shut up. You think you're good? And he's like, he's like, he goes, I don't tell him how to act, right? And like Ben Stiller's just sitting there, like, and there was incorrect media outlets who reported that he was he was returning the heckling of Ben Stiller, but it was not Stiller who heckled him. It was I saw man. Stiller. Stiller was at the final, the Nadal Fritz match. He was there again. Yeah. And it was cool that, like, you know, he, he like. Every once in a while, you get like the the mic moments, or you know, where like yeah, Kyrgios uh, is one of the controversial players. He's vocal. He's uh, he's flamboyant. He'll he'll you know he'll scream. He'll yell at the ref. Did he throw a racket or something? something yeah, he he he's, he's done that. He's broken rackets. He's he's yelled at refs. He's yelled at fans. Uh, yeah, he he's he's a he's a young Aussie player that hasn't reached his potential yet. That uh, has a ton of talent, but can't uh, get out of his own way. A little bit like AB. Yeah. No, but no, Frank. No, thank you. Like I said, I I always look forward to when you mention tennis because, like, mm-hmm. I like how you said you want you want to become more knowledgeable and be better at like getting into racing and stuff. I feel the same way about tennis because, like yeah. I said, I know I know, and then I'm not, I promise I'll hit this and get out of here. But like, even some of the video games, I like you know, like the uh, the two K series with the uh, with the tennis, you know. Um, those are top spin. Top There's spin, been top some great games. tennis video games. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the top spin games are really good. I've always been a fan of those. So, you know, usually I think I have a PS2, I have a 360, 
and I think I have I have like a top spin copy for each one. And yeah, they're they're fun to play. And then, uh, I actually believe it or not, even though I told you I played Matt Barnes in tennis in real life, I actually played him in video game. I spared I fared much better than him in the video game than I did on the actual court. But <laughs> it's fun. Like they're fun. It's it, I, the, but uh, all the yeah. Barneses are good tennis players. I I I forget the younger one's name. Um, Matt's Matt's the youngest. That's Ryan's yeah. younger brother. Yeah, he was good. He's really good. He was on the team, and I think Lauren, uh, Lauren was on the girls' team. I remember. Yeah. My, my mom coached it for years and had Lauren. So yeah, they're all tennis players. Yeah. Just shout out to all of them. You know, Megan just yeah. had a baby. Lauren had her second nice. a while back. Uh, Matt's uh, Matt's working for a law firm in Pittsburgh now. He's mm-hmm. uh, as a paralegal. He went. He graduated from Pitt. Then went to law school. At I need to look him up to, to maybe maybe he'll play me because. Uh, I, I used to. I somebody asked me, "Oh, you should play with Matt Barnes." Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, honestly, and I can even I can I talked to Matt quite a bit too. I, I can I can also throw that out there too. Find out where he's to... find out where he's living. Yeah, because I play yeah. Sean Coonfair still, but I'm looking for some other people to play. Yeah. I will definitely throw him a message. I I, yeah. I still talk to Matt quite a bit. And Matt Matt when he was in high school, he was he uh, he got into wrestling a little bit, then he lost touch when he went to school and stuff. And so mm-hmm. he's been trying to get back into it. So we talk about it all the time. So no, nice. Uh, but yeah, I, I will definitely let him know. I'm sure he. Would love to hear that. So, but now, Bronson, Frank, play us out. Yeah, <laughs> I'll play us out. Well, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, before I, before I get into the, uh, the goodbye, everything, uh, I would love that, you know, a melancholy happy trails to, uh, a guy we lost uh, a few days ago. And I think you know where I'm going with this. Um, the professor John Clayton passed away. Yeah, sad to Dude. see that break too at only 67 years old. I, one of the, one of the best sports, this is Sports Center commercials out of all those good ones. Yeah. With 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 him in his uh, bedroom doing that one. <laughs> yeah, that was made I'm because doing my segment. <laughs> well, no, it was creative because Dan Patrick always had like these like myths and stuff. He always liked to kind of mess with some of the guys, and he always had, there was always this myth that John Clayton always had a ponytail, even when, like when he was in the early days of ESPN, yeah. when he had the ponytail or not. And so it, 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 they even said they did it to, to, to mess with everyone about him having the ponytail. That's why the metal commercial was made. Mm-hmm. But I met John Clayton at a uh, fantasy football convention thing in Cannonsburg, and a really cool guy, really nice guy. And I have a, uh, my my picture with him. I, I posted all over my social media, so it was cool. Uh, really good guy, and uh, the, 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 the football world will miss him. I know, obviously, if you know, it, I'm sure Frank would agree with me when I say probably the height of John Clayton's is when they used to do the four-down segment with Sean Salisbury, and they would always go at it about – everything and then you know salisbury called him like the crypt keeper and a nerd and and salisbury yes. and uh <laughs> he does look like that and then clayton's like am i really getting trashed by a guy who wasn't good enough to play quarterback in the nfl and stuff like that <laughs> but deep and then uh sean salisbury he's not with espn anymore he posted a tweet and he said much love he goes we went at it on the air but off the air we were friends and yeah you know i love him i miss him and things like that so it was cool for Sean Salisbury to, to post something public, you know. That was probably by far their best segment ever when they did the football stuff. But a lot, and, and, and uh, obviously John Clayton was actually, uh, uh, if uh, <laughs> if uh, Dan Rooney had kept his mouth shut about John Clayton doing the leak about Dan Marino thing, the Dan Marino thing, they might have listened to him and we might have had Dan Marino. So <laughs> he always gets known about that because he started his football writing career here in Pittsburgh. He's from Pittsburgh, so. Um, so our thought uh, at the next level nerd sportscast, our thoughts, condolences, and, and wishes are with um, you know, or or with uh, the Clayton family, especially his, his surviving wife, and their and their whole family. So he was always he's a big impact, definitely on the NFL world for sure. But till next episode, um, I um, I would say I think we should go off air. Um, 
we'll probably won't have an episode next week. Um, and we'll come back with, uh, so we're not going to get you down, down to the final four. So when we come back, we will, we will have had a, a world, a, a national champion. Um, I'm picking Gonzaga. Frank, who do you have as the national champion? When we come back, I still got to gotta say Arizona. They're still, so a lot he's got Arizona. Bracket, so. I got Gonzaga. We'll see who's right. When we come back, um, enjoy that. Enjoy the NCAA tournament. Enjoy WrestleMania. Enjoy, uh, the, you know, baseball will be kind of kicking into where we get into opening day. Let's enjoy some spring training ball. Um, uh, no, just thanks to Justin, uh, McConnell, Nico Rocco, everyone at Next Level Nerd. Um, I know I've been saying stay tuned to stuff, but uh, I'm going to have some free time here coming up here in a little bit, and I promise that we'll be efforting into getting some other cool things on there. A lot of, a lot of stuff I want to ran on and print, so I'll, I'll, I will allow that to happen as well. So um, big thanks to Frank's. Uh, um, a, a wife and, and mother to be here, uh, Katie, for putting our show together. Uh, oh, go, always goes above and beyond the call of duty uh, to make sure we get this out to you. And thank you guys for listening. So, uh, without any further ado, we are hitting past eleven o'clock here for Frank Conta. I am Bronson Almond. Um, and uh, I was going to do top guys out, but I think we'll just cl- close it out on on uh, on the memory of John Clayton. So, uh, um, Godspeed, my friend. Later. Hockey. Throw me the baseball. Now toss me the pigskin. Now feed me the rock. Now give me the rock. <laughs>